Welcome back to Recreate. Oh. <laughs> You're totally keeping it in. I can't. Anyway, guys, welcome back. Um, have you missed us? Because good. they only get us once a week, so I feel like they miss us. Do you guys feel or think that? <laughs> I think they definitely miss us like crazy. How could so, you not miss that kind oh, of intro? I want to tell everybody. Okay, this is something I've been dying to tell people. I I always wonder the backstory. Not that we're so cool that people want to know the backstory. What's but the name you, of our program again? It's recreated. I okay. said that. All right. Yeah. But if you ever hear Jamie say "Make it stop," that's I just said something stupid because there was, I don't know how many episodes back, if you listen and you hear Norm's story and I asked him what his name was short for. And that was obviously a stupid question, but I got to laughing the next week. I think it was. You said something else. I said something stupid again. Stop. Oh, it was the Idaho potato or Iowa potatoes. Yes. (laughs) So now if I am talking and Jamie says, make it stop, that's why. Just in case you guys wonder. Anyway, so tonight we have one of my favorite people on the planet. (gasps) Wow. Joe Lynn Brooks. Wow. Hey. Yeah. Hi. How's it going? So she's going to tell her story and it's going to be amazing. And then you have me, Melissa. And then who are you guys? Right. Yeah. (laughs) I'm Jamie. I'm Keith. Hey, and by the way, JoLynn is Scott's wife and Scott was on a few uh, episodes episodes ago. Mm -hmm. Just for context. Okay. Yeah. 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 My sister-in-law. Yeah. Yes. We're related. How about that? Yeah. We're related. It's a small world, folks. It is a small world. So stay tuned because Keith came up with the topic tonight or today, whenever you're listening. Maybe you're folding laundry. So we're super It's not so mystery. You're you're already on track. Oh. Okay. Nice. So stick around. So we're back with our our intro topic of the week. Um, I've been doing a read through the Bible in a year thing huh. from the Bible Project, and that's not the focus so much as what I read this morning. And I it was in Exodus chapter six, and we were commenting before we started here about reading Genesis and how nutty it seems to be at times (laughs) the things that people say and do and i'm reading here at the end of chapter six and moses's interaction with god about having to be the one to go to israel and this is just amazing and the reason i bring it up is because how we see ourselves is important Mm. and i don't think we see ourselves how God intends us to be. <laughs> I feel another therapy session coming on. You haven't even <laughs> so read it yet. So listen, listen to this interchange. <laughs> verse 29 through and 30, and then chapter 7, verse 1. So the Lord says, it says, The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, I am the Lord. Okay, so there's the context. I'm the Lord. I get to tell you what's going to be. Mm. Um, I'm the Lord, speak to Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, all that I say unto you. And Moses says to the Lord, behold, I'm of uncircumcised lips, and 
How shall Pharaoh listen to me? And then listen to this next one. And the Lord said to Moses, See, I've made you a god to Pharaoh. And Aaron, your brother, shall be your prophet. Now, I read that, and it kind of blew my brain up because I hear so many of us walking around, I can't, I don't, I won't, I will not, whatever. I'm a loser. I can't, I don't, I won't. I can't, I won't, I don't, constantly. Mm. And this little interchange, God sees Moses as a god. That's trippy. <laughs> I can't wrap my mind. And Moses can't see it. All Moses sees is the amazing mm-hmm. glory of Pharaoh and his own failures in Egypt, his own misery. He had to flee. He has nothing. He has no voice, no capacity. And his entire reference about himself is nothingness. Mm-hmm. And God doesn't see any of it. Mm-hmm. He doesn't see his murder of the of the Egyptian. He doesn't see anything that happened in Egypt before he left. He sees none of it. He doesn't even see him as a lowly slave Israelite. He sees him as Moses, the man he's going to make into the one that Pharaoh will have to change his opinion about everything. You're the God. I'm not the God. Because hmm. in Egypt... Pharaoh is the God. Mm-hmm. Right. But mm-hmm. Moses is going to be the God. <laughs> and I wonder sometimes if, if we have the right opinion about ourselves. Hmm. <laughs> I know that's a heavy topic, yeah. but I kind of look at it kind of with a little bit of joy. Hmm. Not as, oh, yeah, I, I do that and how miserable I need to go put sackcloth and ashes on and repent to God again because I, you know, I don't think well of myself i actually kind of think of it as a little kid saying, oh wow yeah right that's right i am this kind of person why can't i have a little bit of confidence and smile today because god is my god and he made me why do i argue like moses mm. no 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 i i'm not the guy choose somebody else no i'm not choosing anybody else i chose you and that's the way it is so get over it mm. it's this opposite way that we make things about ourselves like you know you have some people that have really high opinions of themselves but then if you have a really low opinion of yourself to the point where you're arguing with god you're still obsessed with yourself Mm -hmm. either way either way either way dang it yeah i think i don't think we see the big picture very often because we're caught up in everything that's you know day in the day you know, and we don't sit back and say, what, what is my purpose? Because we all have a purpose. Moses had a purpose. We have a purpose, you know, and I, it's so hard to sit back and, and, and believe that sometimes. Is a purpose the issue or do you think that we lose, we don't fully comprehend him? That's what I wonder about Moses here is not so much that he can't see himself doing something of that nature as Mm -hmm. much as he doesn't really know God. He doesn't know him like a child knows a father and loves to please that father. and Yeah, whatever you want, let's go do it. Mm -hmm. There's nothing like that. 
And I wonder sometimes if that's the problem, is it's not so much... I was listening to a podcast last night, just profound. It changed me. And this was the... The the conversation was talking about the world and how do you change the world and bring the kingdom of God to the world and do you know make the earth like heaven and transform it. And this guy... Uh, just had such a profound answer. He said, I don't, I don't think there's any way for human beings to do that. The only way you can do that is if you finally figure out how that the only answer for humans is to worship God. Mm. Wow. It's not even about my purpose. I was made to be in relationship with him, and I need to be in relationship and fall in love with him and just enjoy being we him. Have so many ways we get off track. It is. It's mm-hmm. true. And in a way, I'll speak for myself, screw our kids up thinking that mm-hmm. focusing on the whole finding your purpose thing. Mm. Not. To, it doesn't mean that you don't have one. Right. But. But if you seek first the kingdom of God. All these things. Yeah, it goes back to ah. Cassie's, Cassie's episode. Yeah. Joe, you're welcome to chime in if, if you want to. Okay. Yeah. All right. She's waiting. But you don't have to. <laughs> well, I was thinking how easy it is. I think what Keith's saying, maybe for me, I think how much when I'm thinking about myself, that's when I get insecure. Or mm. I'm, mm. I'm not going to be able to do it. I can't do it because I'm so busy thinking about myself. If I can just quit thinking about myself and just get to know my father, focus on him and his capabilities, then I become nothing and then I'm empty enough for him to do what he wants. Yeah. But yeah. I'm so busy thinking if I'm good enough or bad enough or just self-consumed. Yeah. yeah. I think that's why Jesus uses the child. You have to be mm-hmm. like a yeah. child because child children aren't self-consumed normally. Yeah. Right. The young, young ones. Trust. You know, five-year-olds. They just like... Mm-hmm. Yeah. The world is my parents. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They're you know, whatever. The, yeah, they, whatever they say is mm-hmm. that's that's the only real truth is what my parents say back then. Yeah, I think I feel like the last few episodes we've you've said the same thing. Just getting to know God. Am I a repeat record there? No, no it's, it's a, a lesson that great we need to thing. repeat yeah. because it's the truth. Okay. Yeah, it, it's basically the dying to self and abiding in Christ mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. I think maybe yeah. that's. It's probably good that I repeat. That's how I was taught is you just repeat and repeat and repeat. I, right. No, I think that's – I'm glad you <clears throat> brought it up because it obviously has a lot of meaning and and it it's kind of the answer to most things, right. you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what was so amazing about that podcast is the simplicity of the answer as there was two gentlemen talking and the one is very, very – an intellectual giant in this age – Every, most people know who he is. If I mentioned are we, his are name, are we allowed to know, or is it a secret? It was Jordan Peterson. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, Jordan yeah. Peterson. Swear the kids at home. For, for all of those for that pay attention, yeah, home. Melissa and I totally know who it is, but some people might not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the blank stares I just got. Who? He spoke at Liberty. So That's the only gl- reason I know who he is. I'm oh, okay. so glad in this world I have Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> right when you say the name, we're both like. What? <laughs> Everybody you knows. Know? Everybody you knows. Know? <laughs> check, check, check. Well, I pra- love it. Praise God, not everybody knows. <laughs> That's always my go-to. Because there's some, there that. is a Jamie or a Melissa out there listening right. right now. That's right. They need to know who this dude is. Well, you don't necessarily need to know who he is. <laughs> He's just wrestling with his, uh, his beliefs 
in a very beautiful way, and he's putting it on display, and he's crying and mm. really in a lot of pain physically. And he oh, was in he was in a conversation with a friend of his, a Catholic man, and it was just the most profound interchange I've seen on uh, on the internet. This was a, a live event. It was a recorded podcast like ours, but with oh, video. Wow. I, it was the most amazing thing I've seen in a long time. And this Catholic man, his his way uh, with Jordan Peterson was just beautiful. Hmm. Very like Job's fourth friend, the young man at the end, you know, just very cautious and caring and a little bit of humor in the, the terror of what Jordan's wrestling with. And mm. um, his answers were just so profound and kind. I'm thinking, this is, you know, we need to have this kind of conversation in this, this time period. Mm-hmm. I think there's more people looking towards a religious revival than anybody really wants to admit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I feel I've heard this bef- a lot lately. It's people looking for a revival, but not looking to um, confess. You know mm. what I mean? So just yeah. expecting a revival. The <laughs> like, benefits of revival. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but, well, to me, any kind of movement back towards God from anybody is a good thing. Sure. Mm-hmm. For any reason, right now, because the country itself is just on a political and media level is just driving the car off a cliff. Mm -hmm. So if the people have decided to jump out the car and they're looking for something stable to stabilize their life and get back to maybe when we were young and when I went to church with my mom and dad, yeah, you know, that's a good thing. People Mm -hmm. in church, people around the body of Christ, people around pastors teaching out of the Bible that what's wrong with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. True that. So, that's my topic. Good, good one. I like it. It was very good. <laughs> very good. <sighs> right? I'm emotionally spent. <laughs> Podcast is over. We've had yeah. enough already. Sorry, Joe. <laughs> Come back next it. week. <laughs> yes. It's a nice couch. I'll chime in from over there. Exactly. <laughs> fun starts <laughs> okay we're back <laughs> and as you know with our our little podcast we like to ask and i i can't wait to ask this question because i know where i know this person is not from ohio not from medina county yeah. i'm a real one <laughs> yeah i'm not from medina county or even from the ohio state <gasps> or the region or the region good stuff the river valley we needed this we, oh <laughs> whoa <laughs> our first international <laughs> guest <laughs> for the kids at home what is that <laughs> no, sorry go ahead where were you born way up in the north calgary Alberta. Dude, she's, that's can, crazy. she's Canadian, eh? Canadian. Are you actually Canadian? Yeah. 
Oh, I love I it. I love Canadians. <laughs> <laughs> They're oh. so nice. <laughs> They're very oh, polite. Cool. At least... The very few that I've interacted with. Would you I, say they're very quiet? Very polite. Oh, polite. They are. Yeah. They're kind of like England. Yeah. Do you know okay. that English? You, you're very yeah. um, careful what you say, proper. They think Americans are just loud and obnoxious. And... Okay, so you're I don't legit. Think you they're call wrong. yourself a Canadian. Yeah, I'm, I was you're born in, in Canada. All my mom's relatives are okay. still there. I didn't know that. But my dad was American or is okay. American, so I'm actually dual. Uh, so oh. you're biracial. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if racial is the right word. <laughs> <laughs> Look at me. He's sweating already. Make it stop. Make it stop. He's, he's pitting out. <laughs> I'm making you nervous. <laughs> That's great. Uh, I was just kidding. I have a dual citizenship. How about that? Oh, yeah, I, think, I like that. I feel That's like good. we won't it's offend like anybody with that. <laughs> I'm an alien. No. <laughs> I edit a lot of them. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> no, you can't. That's the best part. Oh, okay. okay. Well, we got that all the way. All his silly stuff, he'll edit. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Anything stupid I say is gone. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Oh, no. Okay, so yes. born in Canada. Born in Canada. Do you have siblings? I do. I have two older brothers and a younger sister. So you're like in the middle. I'm a middle kid. Okay. Yeah. And would you say, that's always my next question, would you say you're typical middle? Like, would you say you're like laid back and like go with the flow? And, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Peacemaker. Yes. Peacekeeper. Mm-hmm. And did you live in Canada for like your whole childhood? Until I was about five. Okay. Yeah. My dad was in the oil and gas industry. So he grew up in California and he went to school in Illinois my mom came down from Canada, from the Great White North, <laughs> came down to Illinois. They went to school at Greenville Bible College, and he got a business degree, and they moved back up to Calgary to be with her family. And mm. back then, Calgary was a huge oil and gas industry. That's kind of how we got into that. And then when I was five, so my brother, my oldest brother was like nine, so they had lived up there 10 to 12 years or something. Uh, he had a job offer in Denver, and that was another big oil and gas mm. city at that time. Yeah. So that's when we moved down. And I, rem- I remember calling a couch a Chesterfield, because that's what you called it. And uh, my little friend came over, my new friend. I'm like, you want to go to sit on the Chesterfield? And so you got to like tell me. me like, what, is that, what is that? What is that? Is that just what you called it? Is there a reason behind the Chesterfield? That's a style of couch, right? <laughs> that's Is it? A... You know, I don't even know. I just know that's what we called it. Or like a napkin was a serviette. Oh. I mean, Canada's oh, French and English. Right. So mostly people speak English, but some people, I mean, the next language would be French, not Spanish or something. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. So everything has like English and French on all the signs. and Oh, know, that's so Z cool. Stuff like that. But oh. anyways, yeah. Good old Chesterfield. My mom always used the A. Everything's, oh, did you, you know, whatever the question is, eh? Oh, she really? Always, always said that. Do you remember that? Did oh, you, yeah. You met her. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, She had a strong Canadian accent. So did you, did any of that, like, did you get any of that, do you think? At, the older I've gotten, the more it's faded. Like I yeah. used to say, like, Mazda instead of Mazda or Plaza oh. instead of Plaza. See, or, yeah. I lava think. Lava instead of yeah. la- lava. Instead lava of lava. Instead of lava. And everything my aunt would be like, lava. You know, make it sound <laughs> so funny because they're used to, you know, that different. So do of. you say roof or roof? Roof. Oh, what does your hubby say? Rough. Yeah. 
rough. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you probably say it like him. I'm always like, I don't know. Liar say instead it. of lawyer. Say it, Keith. What do you say? Roof. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. you do? Yeah. He's like, correct. Oh. It's a roof. <laughs> <laughs> roof is the right way. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. For sure. I think it speaks to your personality because I'm not so sure that if I wasn't born in Canada, I wouldn't feel superior because you have like you have, you have like two different languages kind of and all these fun words and i i probably would have kept the accent as hard as i could because dang it i'm it's canadian and i'm different. super cool oh, yeah no, i wish i could but you're like so humble and kind that's why you you're like you're going with it i feel it like it just kind of starts to you know over these many many years it just starts to like beat it out of you well i, I guess because you're around you're never around anybody speaking no. that language when i go to canada and i'm with my cousins and how their inflections and how they talk it's kind of easy to start to it comes talk back. like them but yeah it would definitely stand out if i did that here <laughs> yeah sure. it would so anybody For listening sure. from church make sure you call jolyn out on this or say hey <laughs> How's the Chesterfield? Yeah. How's the Chesterfield? <laughs> Have you sat on your Chesterfield? <laughs> oh, man. I was, I was taking funny. an afternoon snooze on my Chesterfield. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure It'd Chesterfield like, is a style of couch. It's Maybe like, we just had that kind of a couch. <laughs> yeah, that really could be. Know. All That's I know funny. is my, my little friend, I remember my friend looking at me like, and I'm thinking, what? I didn't understand why she why she was so puzzled. <laughs> so then did you have like moving? At, was that like you were like what? You were five. So was it a fun thing or was it like? To move or? Yeah, to, to come to America, I guess you could say. <laughs> you know, I don't even remember. I don't remember that being fun or anything. It was just, it I, was I, what I it was. Well, I don't remember. Right. I left all my relatives, so I probably wasn't that excited about it. Yeah. I don't know. I just remember being here then. <laughs> yeah. So, well, I mean, yeah, because I mean, when you're that young, because that's, you weren't even in kindergarten. I wasn't kindergarten? Quite five. Yeah. Right. You're not even in kindergarten yet. So then speaking yeah. of kindergarten, what was school yeah. like for little Joe? <laughs> for little Joe. <laughs> well, um, I could tell you I was little when I became a Christian. You want me to tell you that? Before yeah. Before I headed into school. Yeah. Let's do it. So I had great parents and they both loved the Lord and from the beginning grew up in church and stuff. And so I can remember sitting in one of our cars in the front seat on my mom's lap and her leading me to the Lord. Aww. And it was dark out. I remember accepting the Lord and then I did it again and again and again. <laughs> we would have Bible cl little Bible schools. I'd raise my hand and accept Jesus. Then the next summer, raise my hand and accept. I, I accept him at least three or four times. That's great. You got to be sure. I, and that's what it was. I was like, well, I don't know. I mean, maybe I did it wrong. Yeah. I better ask him again. And I just can remember just they'd take me to the corner, you know, and we'd pray. Yes. So, so many times I did that. Aww. You know, I feel like that's common. Yeah. Yeah. But why? Do we make it sound harder than it really needs to be for to a kid? I don't know. I don't know. But I do think that that's... Maybe it's a lot for them to like... I think you process like as a kid, you're just... You get this much and you're saying yes to it. Mm -hmm. And then maybe you've matured, you know, the next year. True. And you're like, oh, well, yeah, I want that. Mm. Or now I get that and I want that. Yeah. I think it just shows a posture towards christ yeah because some people have trouble with kids accepting christ because of that because oh. they're like no it's a one-time thing when was it real and i'm like i don't know yeah i don't know when it was exactly the time yeah 
I think the Lord knows, and he just knows I wanted to be sure that I was a Christian. So. Yeah. And but I, I th- go ahead. Well, I was just going to say you're also in a club uh, with Keith and I that you accepted Jesus in a vehicle. Hey. It's a thing. <laughs> there should be a club. There should be a club. That's a good club. Well, yeah. I like could it. We, what Meet kind you. of car was it? You know, I think it was a station wagon. Get out! <laughs> Are you a station wagon? Were you? It was, yes! No, I don't remember that part of the podcast. I listened to that. Oh my god! Station wagon. We gotta like get like Jesus in the station wagon. Yes. We gotta get like. I was saved in a station. Some wagon. kind of like. I've always to this day. I still want to get a station title. wagon again, just to have one, just oh, so my kids can experience. Yes. So the kids can yeah. experience sitting in the way back and the whole thing. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. That's like the I best. see one in our future. No seatbelts. Yes. The Buick. Oh. The Buick back then. <laughs> yes. Oh man, we should do it with the wood panels. The yes. yes, the faux wood. Yeah. Oh, oh. It I mean, wasn't faux. Shiny. No, we didn't have the faux wood. We had the we had no, the two tone. <laughs> it was like two colors. Oh. Yeah. And and my uncle next door, they had a two tone too, and it was red. Ours was blue. Ooh, Those were the days. Ours was white and brown with red interior. Whoa. Mm-hmm. See, Ooh, that was, man, 70s all the way. <laughs> all the way. <laughs> Wagons now are super compact and sporty, you know. Yeah. I know. Back then it was like a boat on the road. Yeah. Oh, they were. They were. They were. They were huge. The big ba- awesome. back door would swing, swing up. Yes. <laughs> like you get your foot caught in there and it's, it's you're going to lose it. Yeah. And they swung out. They swung out like a door. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So and the funny. and the window is electric. Oh yep. yeah. Oh yes. Yeah. Up and down those days. We would hang out the back with the door open, closed. You know, hanging out. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> the back seat facing the people behind you. Yeah, so yeah, it's awkward yeah. At every yes. stop sign. Oh my gosh, Waving. that was so funny. Waving. <laughs> yeah. So That's now that we've been distracted right. thoroughly by our saved in saved in the saved station, in the station wagon. wagon. <laughs> Saved in the station wagon. But I'd say, like, how I really got to know him was a whole different thing. So, like, I accepted him many times. But, you know, when's that point that you start owning it? So mm-hmm. I would say when you asked about school, um, when I was in fifth grade, I had a major surgery. They had figured out in the in-between time that the left side of my face wasn't growing and the right side was growing. Really? And that was because I, well, I was telling my mom I had this ringing in my ears. So she took me to, you know, the hearing doctor, whatever. Mm-hmm. What's the name of the hearing doctor? Um, the audiologist. Doc- oh, doctor. see, I didn't know that. I would have said ENT, which I was been way off. Yeah, maybe the ENT. Either way. But anyways, yeah. And What's he's like, an ENT? Ear, nose, and throat. Oh. Yeah. For the see, there's something I for don't the, know. Nope, for the audio. Hey, hey, exactly. hey. <laughs> <laughs> we got I'm not it. all that we smart, am I? <laughs> Just acronyms aren't your thing. <laughs> <laughs> So I heard ringing in my ears, and so they took me to the doctor, and he's like, no, her hearing's fine, but maybe it's connected with her jaw because all that's connected, you know, right here. And so um, they said, yeah, the left side's not growing, and the right side is, and so eventually it'll be obvious. So they wanted to wait till I was in fifth grade when I was closer to puberty, but actually what they did is they cut out part of my hip bone (laughs) and grafted it into my jaw no way so by that point my face was starting to be crooked i was my i mean at full grown it would have been like this i would have been extremely deformed no way. so they took a piece of that hip and they wired it to this side so that it would be even lengthened it and um had my jaws wired shut for seven weeks oh had to wear scissors around my neck in case i choked and had to cut my 
That sounds traumatic. You're kidding. It was. And um, I think that and something else I'm going to tell you is what really made me start to connect with Christ Mm. because I was alone as much as my mom was there Mm -hmm. or whoever was there. I was still alone. I was still the one in the hospital. I was still the one that had to go into the surgery Mm. and it was very, very frightening. Mm -hmm. And I had many surgeries because of this. So, and when I went to school, if you can imagine, I, you, nobody can understand me. Mm -hmm. My teeth were wired shut. I'm sure I was swollen for a while. And so people would ask me things and I'd try to tell them, but I couldn't open my mouth. So I had one friend who could understand and she would interpret for me. But Anyways, one time we got in a fight and we came back into the classroom and she stuck her tongue out at me. Oh, oh you couldn't do it. You're like, scissors. Because it wasn't just being exactly. mean, it was like a flex. Like, look what yeah, I can do. Right. You it's can't a, do it was this. double mean. I know. Aww. So mad. But she was a good friend. She'd sit with me during lunch every day. We'd sit in the teacher's room and not go to the lunchroom because all I could have is pudding Aww. and like broth. That's what I ate for like seven weeks. So Whoa. were you, uh, were, did, were kids cool with to you or did they make fun of you at all? Or cause kids are rough, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't remember too much, okay. a little bit. I just remember nobody could understand me. Yeah. Mm. So, <clears throat> but all those surgeries were very traumatic and, um, that surgery is in the hospital for like two weeks and mm. I've seen pictures and my face is huge and I have gauze, you know, all over my wow. whole head except for like my eyes, which are super puffy. And, mm. um, but what a, what a gift. Like imagine if I couldn't have done that, mm. it, I would have such a different life. Mm. I'm wow. so thankful. But yeah. I had braces for like six years. I mean, I was, I'm sure I looked nuts i had retainers and braces and headgears sometimes all at the same time oh. <laughs> in middle school i had them all at the same time oh, you, had, you wore a headgear so bad so oh. bad that's, great. that's a 70s and 80s thing too yeah, right? it is. yeah because you know, they don't oh, do that anymore so no no that you, was definitely an 80s there, there's no way anyone would ever know that you went through that yeah like there's nothing you're there's no we remnant of any There's of no it. Remnant no, at all. Probably if you look at me a little carefully, you'll still be like, "Yeah, she is a little off. <laughs> <laughs> She's a little crooked." <laughs> I don't think. But so. you know what? But we're but but every nobody's symmetrical. Yeah. So you look at anybody's Nobody face. Is, yeah. Everybody has one eye bigger than the other. Everybody like we're They're not offset. symmetrical. Yeah. yeah. I, I've so met like lots of people. Nobody the would eyes ever. And it trips me out. Oh yeah. yeah. If you if you it look really in the does. mirror that's and you that's like, why he always looks at me funny. No, because yours aren't. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's true. Yeah, if you known. look in the mirror and cover one eye, there's there's like a, an eye that's more open and yeah. It's a or whole if you thing. Photoshop one half of your face and flip it, they're not the same. They're not the same. You look yeah. weird. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so digress once process. again. Wow, it's crazy. But anyway, so that was like fifth grade, and then sixth grade was really the time that my relationship with Christ changed because it's interesting that it was all within a year, <clears throat> but just like girls are. Um, mm. I had two girlfriends and a lot of times three girls aren't good together, right? Oh, it, the been there, done that. The girls often doesn't work. Yes. <clears throat> so I had two friends. We all hung out together and stuff. And then one day they went out for recess and I don't know why I didn't. But when they came back in, we weren't friends anymore. Mm. And I remember I was like, we were at a table like this, a reading table, and they were there and I was like trying to get their attention and they mm. kept ignoring me. And I was so like, why aren't they looking at me? Why won't they talk to me? And they would laugh and be together. And 
Finally, um, I was so upset about it that I told the teacher I was sick and I had to go home. So I went home, <clears throat> told my mom about it. My sister comes home from on the bus, and they had all gotten their class pictures that day. And she goes, why did everyone want to cut your face out of the class picture? And I was, I mean, my heart just sunk. Like, oh. what happened? Like, why suddenly are these two friends no longer my friends? Why have now they gotten everybody against me and they want to cut my face out of the school picture? And um, I just remember crying and crying. And I remember when she said that, my mom's like, don't say that. Like, shh, to my oh, sister, right, you know, right. like feeling so bad. And um, the next day when I was heading to school, my mom took me and she gave me a verse. And actually, that's a verse I want to read that she wrote on a three by five card. And I can still remember standing in on the playground with this little three by five, pulling it out. I was all by myself. And it says, um, it's Isaiah 41.10. So do not mm -hmm. fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you, and I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Mm. And that's kind of like when my relationship with Jesus changed because I realized I am by myself, but Jesus is with me. He's right here. Mm. And I remember just thinking about that as I sat on the playground, like he's right here with me. And so as much as that was extremely painful at the time, mm. I think there was two things. That my intimacy with Christ began and I think it also has changed me, even though I'm just sixth grade, I think that's what's made me notice the one that's rejected. Mm. I, that's, I'm always drawn to going and talking to the person I think who's left out <clears throat> or for some reason who's hurting. That's always who I want to go talk to because I know how that feels. Mm -hmm. So I think the Lord used it to make me much more sensitive to mm. all of that. So that's kind of how my relationship with Jesus started to grow that's in amazing school. yeah really I did cool end up getting you, friends <laughs> it's really yeah. cool what your mom did I yeah yeah that's an amazing thing to send yeah. a sixth grader with a verse yeah I'm sure she must have been brokenhearted for me yeah yes. she probably didn't want me to have to go back to school right and uh but to send you back to school with that with verse, verse is profound yeah. yeah yeah it really was profound yeah it's awesome. And then I ended up having different friends, and they were really good friends. And it all worked out in the end. But, um, but yeah, at the time, it was extremely painful to be rejected so like suddenly. That. And kids were carving. Oh, those kids were carving in, in these desks. You know, Joe is a mother. Are you serious? You know? mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. And I never did find out what it was. But Do you know their names? <laughs> I do, but I'm not going to say We'll get them after the show. One's no longer I know some people. on the earth. There you go. One down. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie. I hope the other doesn't listen. No. <laughs> Edit that part out. <laughs> well. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I was, I was so. thinking, though, for people that haven't ever been in a situation like that where you literally ha only have Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't, you really haven't experienced them the way some people have. Like, I'm not sure that I've, I've had low moments, but I've never been in such a um, desperate time to where I felt that, like, I don't know. I think you have to go through that to ever understand what it's like. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
I think you can hit a low, but utter loneliness is um, different, I think. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you're no, making complete yeah. sense. Complete That's sense. why we're quiet because we don't have anything to add. It's that good, Jamie. No. Good oh, job. yeah, cool. Good yeah. job. Good summary. That's right on. Yeah. <laughs> you're pulling a Keith. It just feels weird because he's usually pulling the Keith. Mm. It's fine. <laughs> Keith pulls the Keith. <laughs> but I can lighten this. I have oh, a funny story. Okay. Mm-hmm. From, your, from your childhood? Yeah, still from my childhood. Okay. It's eighth grade. Okay. Eighth so grade. just picture middle school Joe Lynn with braces, retainers, headgears all together. Bless her sweetheart. Bless my sweet soul. Oh. So anyways, <laughs> an odd thing about me is I don't have a sense of smell. That's another thing. Oh, I think I... <laughs> <laughs> I got all sorts of things. People are probably really having an interesting picture of me in their minds. She's this Canadian Jeez. crooked face with no sense of smell. Exactly. They're like, what's wrong with her? Which you are not. No. So you cannot smell to this day. No, so I but I don't know this. Okay, I don't know until I'm tenth grade. But anyways, okay. in eighth grade. So I think it's all connected. My jaw, my nose, like all that stuff was mm-hmm. connected, obviously. Well, anyways, I'm in eighth grade and I am watching Circus with the Stars. Did any of you guys watch that? Oh Circus yeah, I loved that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, like the T V stars. Yeah. yeah. It's like yeah, dancing yeah, yeah, with yeah. the stars or Absolutely. That kind so of this thing. is what? Eighty two ish? Yeah, 83, 84, somewhere in there, yeah. That's the best decade ever. Is? It's in the 80s. Well, it's Circus with the Stars. Right, but that's how old that show is. I pretty... It's not still on. Yeah. I know that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's not on there anymore. I know, that's what I, I was going to like... Popper Stars would, like, do the yeah, trapeze. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember. Cool. I just thought it was... It wasn't back in the early 80s. (laughs) It's been a bit. That's like 40 years ago. Wait, don't say that. (laughs) So I'm watching it and I'm loving it. It's like two or three days before Christmas. Everybody's gone and I'm sitting on the couch just totally engrossed. And they had left me alone with the fire going. The fireplace was burning and candles everywhere were lit. My mom was really into all of it and greenery everywhere. Mm. And... I'm hearing a lot of sparkle, sparking or, you know, mm-hmm. fire. Crackling. Spark, crackling. The, that's yes. right. Crackling. Thank you. I'm hearing a lot of that, but, you know, I'm watching Circus of the Stars. <laughs> I got things to do, so I'm just glued and I'm watching and pretty soon I hear more and more crackling and it's really getting going. I'm like, man, that fire is just it's a roaring. Heck of a fire. Exactly. <laughs> Till I start to notice that. I'm facing the TV, but next to the TV is the doorway to leave the room and the wall on the, you know, outside that door, I see shadows on the door and I'm like, what are those shadows? <laughs> so I got up and I walked out and the whole half of the house was on fire. Like, <laughs> like the flames are curling off the ceiling. Oh my gosh. It's not like, you didn't you know, feel the heat or anything, huh? You're just watching this show. <laughs> I don't know. You're like, wow, it's I, really toasty in I mean, here. I'm, it's so I cozy. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. Right? You, right, right. I mean, I don't know. I'm not responsible one single bit. I'm just busy watching my show and I'm like, oh, no. So I run to my phone, which is on the wall, right? So I run and I called my best friend, <laughs> like I'm supposed to do, right? So I call Sabrina and I'm like, Sabrina. My house is on fire. She's like, you're such a liar. Oh, my god! <laughs> I'm like, no, I promise my house is on fire. And she's like, do you want to talk to my dad? <laughs> I'm like, yes. And she's like, it really must be on fire if you want to talk to my dad. So he gets on. He's like, what? What? What's going on? I'm like, my house is on fire. And he's like, I'll be right there. So they get in the station wagon with their little nightgowns on. Oh it's like gosh. cold, like 
snow and everything. They have their little nightgowns on. He grabs his his extinguisher and they hop in their station wagon and they're on their way to my house. Oh my gosh. Which is 10 minutes away. And so I go around finding our animals. You know, I'm getting my dog and my cat, you know. And so we start heading out the door and right then my dad drives up. He's like, what's going on? What's happening? And I'm like, my house is on fire. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so he runs in and he gets his extinguisher. None of us have called the fire department. I know. And back then, they didn't have 911 yet, did they? Because that came in like, I think, mid to late 80s. I don't, I don't even know. know. This yeah. was mid. No, this was probably 83, 84. I don't, they had 911 by then. I don't know. Rotary. That's it. We're looking it up. Anyway. One. <laughs> I'm going to Google it. Google it. Yes. Rotary. Did you just I, say I, rotary? I bet it was that, a rotary phone. Well, yeah, back in the day. <laughs> yeah, you, you dial 912. Shoot! <laughs> Sorry, and that 912. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Time's just ticking exactly. away. The fire's coming. So, fortunately, our neighbors saw the flames in the window and they called 911 or whatever they yeah, called. Yeah, Googling it. And so, telling the story. up comes my friends and their dad, and the fire trucks all arrive at the same time. And. <laughs> I still had no idea that I couldn't smell. Like that didn't even oh. that didn't even hit me that why didn't I notice there was a lot of smoke in the house? I didn't even know. And n- nobody in the family even bothered. No, nobody even thought to ask that. Like yet. who can't smell? Oh, okay. Right? I was wrong. Isn't that crazy? 1968, my bad. <laughs> Sorry. Wait, when? 1968. 20 years. I earlier. was way off. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I just had to say that cuz it's kind of a funny story. Well, that's that, just that a crazy. A funny so story. you say Sorry. you at this point still it still hadn't dawned on you that you didn't have a sense of smell. No, never. It never dawned on and me. No, I didn't, didn't even know I family. They were just like you just didn't. Well, it's nothing you can see. Right. So I want to. No, know I had what, no idea what happened to the house. Yeah, Did the it, house was it saved. Well, yeah. I mean, they had a lot of damage, but yeah. we, it didn't burn down. Nobody got hurt. Nobody got hurt. My animals were fine. I was fine. Did they figure they out came. what ha- what caused it? Was well, it- yeah, all those candles burning <laughs> caught on fire with all the garland that was everywhere. <laughs> Leaving a 12-year-old alone uh-huh, with all the with fire. With every fire These lit. days, no parent ever would do something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But my mom was very... Trusting? She just didn't think bad things would happen. Mm. She wasn't a worried. I'm a lot like that. I would have done that. It kind of, she kind of sometimes reminds me of you. She was very, <laughs> very believing in people, believing yeah. in good. And and lighting candles makes the house cozy. Yeah. How can that? Oh, it is great. Because I actually did when Tim and I were first married and there was a, a shelf and it was like a, a box shelf. So it had shelves within it. And I lit a candle and put it on the shelf. <laughs> Thought nothing of it. And then I smelled, I did smell, I smelled yes. wood burning. And I'm like, that's a funny that's not the kind of candle I got. <laughs> and um, Tim's the one that caught it. Yeah. And that burnt a little hole right through the... Well, yeah. you probably never did it again. No, I didn't. Live and learn. Exactly. So I get it. Candles, were, that's a big thing Sometimes in our house. Sometimes it takes yeah. till you're in your 30s to learn that fire is dangerous. Well, I was in my 20s, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I get that's it. That's hilarious. Yeah. Just making yeah. it awesome. Yes, that's you all. too can stop house fires. <laughs> exactly. Live and learn. So this is okay. So we're so we're twelve year old Jolene. Like so yeah. Okay. Maybe about this time, um, if people connect that I'm with Scott, and he's a pastor. I, when I was about this age, I think is when I really hoped that the Lord was asking me to go into ministry. Oh. Okay. If people say like, "When were you called?" or 
When did you think that that might be the trajectory of your life? It was about this time. I remember being in church and there was a missions um, week. And at the end, you know, they said, who will go? Who will serve? And I remember thinking, I want to. Mm -hmm. I hope I can do that. Mm -hmm. I so wanted to. And from then on, um, a lot of my jobs had to do with ministry. That was just the way that I went. So how I... um, I didn't, so, you know, you can be like, I want to be a pastor's wife, but who knows if you're going to meet a pastor you want to marry. Right. <laughs> so you can't really say that. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I could be a missionary, I could be pastor's wife, I could just be in ministry. I didn't know how it would look. I just knew that at least I wanted to do that, and I hoped to marry somebody who wanted to. So after my freshman year of college, um, so I'm kind of jumping, but yes. this has it has to do with it. Um that summer, I was going to Brazil on a missions trip for six weeks. And then after that, I was going to work with inner city kids in Denver. And I was praying the whole time. I like, when I went to Brazil, I thought, I think I'm going to be a missionary mm. and confirm it. And I went to Brazil and I thought, I do not want to do this. <laughs> <laughs> I did not like it. Well, I mean, I love confirmation. I love traveling. Yeah. I love doing missions, maybe for a couple weeks. Right. But I was like, I felt so lonely mm. and. It, it was not life-giving at all. And mm. I just left thinking, I don't think I'm supposed to be a missionary. There you go. Mm. And then I came home and worked with inner city kids in Denver, and I loved it. I just, it was like this most fulfilling moment that I had had yet in my life. I absolutely loved being with those kids mm. and and just what that looked like on an everyday basis. Um, so I knew that that was the direction that God had for me at that time. But there was a little caveat there um, that summer. So the end of the summer, I'm about to go back to college. Uh, Where were you going to college? Liberty. Okay, right. Liberty University at the time. And um, it's like August 5th, and I'm going back to school in like two weeks. And um, still with these kids, hanging out all the time. Just that was my life. Mm -hmm. So this weekend, this particular weekend I'm going to tell you about, I was with some friends, and we were going camping in the mountains of Colorado. That's where I lived all of my, uh, before I married Scott, all those years. And um, so we went with some friends um, camping. We were going four-wheeling, and there was a Jeep in front of us. I was in the middle Jeep, and then there was a Jeep behind us. And um, we were up above Timberline. There was some beautiful view and vista they wanted us to see, so we're all driving up there. And um, so just so you can picture it, this middle Jeep, my friend was driving. His name's Fred. Next to him was Heather. I was behind Fred, behind the driver's seat. And next to me was a Japanese exchange student named Tioko. Somehow or another, um, the Jeep hit a rock and the rock jolted out from underneath the tires of the Jeep. And the Jeep started to slide off the path that we were on. And, um, and then it died and he couldn't get the Jeep to start up again. And it's starting to slide off the path and starting to head like towards, um, the mountain, like go down the mountain. And I, I just remember instinctively, you know, curling up like a ball and the first roll begins. Wait, really? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, really. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And because we were above Timberline, there was nothing to stop our Jeep. 
Wait, explain because I I don't. What's that mean when you say above the timberline? There's no tree. <laughs> there's no trees. Okay. Which we were is so high up, there was no trees. Okay. Dropping. Okay. It's like above twelve thousand okay. feet. I think is that yeah. right? Twelve. I think so. Something like that. Yeah. The there's literally home, there's just there's no trees. Period. Okay. We we're going really high up. We were just wanting to see this beautiful vista. Okay. So yeah, it's just bare shrubs and stuff down below. You see the trees. Mm-hmm. Um, so the jeep starts rolling. Well, I think we're going to stop. I mean, I don't know why I thought we'd stop. There was nothing to stop us. But you know, just in your own mind, you can't fathom it's actually going to roll. Yeah. Right. So I don't remember being petrified. I just remember like shocked. Until after that first roll and then the second roll was gaining momentum, I couldn't keep myself in a ball anymore because it's, you know, like if you're in a roller coaster, how it pulls you back. Mm-hmm. And it pulled me out from my balled up position mm-hmm. and we just started rolling down the mountain. And what I'm going to tell you now is because um, Heather and Fred's parents were in the Jeep behind us. So they watched this oh, all happen. Well, the second our Jeep goes off and starts rolling down, um, the two fathers start running down the mountain after the Jeep mm-hmm. and starts yelling, God, save our children. Oh my and just gosh. start ro- running after the Jeep. Well, we rolled the length of a football field. Oh my That's gosh. how far until we actually hit some trees. And um, and they were just periodic trees even then. So thank the Lord, like we actually hit this little handful of trees. And when we hit the trees... Um, the roll, we had a roll bar. We didn't have a top on, but we had the roll bar and the roll bar was just about to snap because it, it, I mean, when we were rolling, it was like flipping, boom, flip, boom, because we were gaining so much momentum. Momentum, So it wasn't just like a little bit, it was just the faster and faster. So this roll bar was about to snap. Are you saying you flipped end over end? Yeah. Side to side to end over end. It was just just going down just going down with nothing stopping us. Wow. Yeah. And um, so that roll bar was just about to snap right when we were stopped by these trees. And um, the guy driving, he got twisted. He had a seatbelt on and he got twisted in the Jeep so that in between the two front seats, his body was kind of protected between the two front seats, mm-hmm. but his legs were dangling out oh. and they were crushed, just mangled, just skin was keeping them together. Oh. And my friend, Heather, um, who was sitting next to him, she was the least hurt of all of us. She had a terrible concussion. Her eyelid was cut right in half, mm. but her eyeball wasn't even touched. Wow. She had perfect 20-20 vision, even wow. still. Wow. Um, the girl next to me, Tioka, was killed. Oh. And it, her neck was broken before we ever stopped rolling. Yeah. And if you can imagine, um, the roll bar, <clears throat> you, have the, you have the front uh, window. What do you call mm-hmm. that? Windshield. Yeah, windshield, yeah, thanks. And the roll bar. So the, the two in the front kind of had some protection from that. Mm-hmm. But the two of us in the back, you have the roll bar, but the, you know, the line yeah, of protection. is an angle. Yeah. So mm-hmm. the protection was below where our heads were hitting. So our heads were hitting the ground oh. as we were <clears throat> flipping. And so just before the Jeep stopped with, um, with the trees, my seatbelt snapped and I was thrown out of the Jeep. And I landed in a dinner-sized table um, spot of dirt 
all around were huge rocks. Oh my gosh. And I landed right in some dirt. Man. And uh, that was God, obviously. Yeah. And so the parents are just running down the mountain after us. The other Duke goes to get help. We're near a town of maybe 500. So they have like a 30, 40 minute drive down to this town of maybe 500. There's no hospital, of course. Mm. And so they go to get help. And the two dads are both EMTs. And they're just trying to figure out what to do and how to keep us all alive. And and Fred's totally in shock. He's screaming. He's trying to walk. Of course, his parents are trying to keep him down. Oh, my gosh. And so eventually... um, the flight for life comes. What had happened to you? Oh, so my skull was cracked. Wow. Um, I had many broken ribs, broken shoulder, and my ribs had punctured my lungs. <clears throat> so um, when the flight for life finally gets there, I'm kind of out. By this point, I'm. they've been trying to keep me talking, but by this time, it's like three or four hours later. Oh, my god. I think gosh. it was four hours later. <clears throat> I'm no longer talking. They can get me to say Jesus. That's the only word I'll say. Wow. And um, so the, the nurses come and they're trying to get me on like a, a gurney thing. And, and I whisper, I'm dying. And my eyes start rolling back in my head. And what they told me later is in a situation like that, people don't, aren't trying to be dramatic. Like you just know, I guess, mm-hmm. if you're in that scenario. And so they knew I was. And mm-hmm. so they had me strapped on and she grabs my shoulder not knowing it's broken and she squeezes it and she's like you're not gonna die on me and i go stop it it did and so she's okay you know and they're getting me strapped onto this board might as well have slugged you in the face right yeah yeah. (laughs) and i don't remember any of this oh wow but um they get me on the board, and again, I started going out. And she knew mm-hmm. I was about to die again. And so she, they flipped the board really fast. Like, they just flipped my body to, again, just give me that jolt. I threw up, oh my which gosh. is a trauma response. Mm-hmm. Got me going again. They get me in the flight for life, and um, they're trying to start IVs. All my veins had collapsed by this point. It had been so long. Mm-hmm. And so later, she apologized to me when I met her. She's like... <laughs> Do you remember? I poked you everywhere. I couldn't get any veins until <laughs> finally they actually had to cut into me and start it in my artery. Oh my god! Because gosh. there was no veins available in my neck and your anywhere. There was just no veins. So they get me to the hospital, and actually, I woke up at the hospital. I re- that's the first thing I remember. I remember laying there, and look, opening my eyes, and there was people everywhere. Just everyone's working around me, and I don't know what's happened. I don't remember what's happened. Everybody's there, <clears throat> but I know it hurts. Hmm. Whatever they're doing to me hurts. Hmm. And I'd had all those previous surgeries, and I always thought, just put me to sleep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then do whatever you want, but put me to sleep. So right. I started saying, put me to sleep, put me to sleep. Well, I don't know how loud I was yeah. or not, but finally somebody above me looks down towards me and says, what are you saying? Hmm. And I said, put me to sleep. Oh. And he says, we're about to. And I had lost so much blood, they thought that I was internally bleeding because they're giving me transfusions. I think they said they gave me 12 units or something. What? Wow. And they couldn't figure out where I was bleeding so much from and why I needed so much blood. And so um, he says, we're about to. We're about to go in. And they were going to put, and they did, put three huge needles into my 
heart area to see if it was bleeding internally. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, good. <laughs> like, oh just put gosh. me to sleep, right? So the next thing I know, they don't find any blood. They don't find any internal bleeding. They, they never knew why I needed so much blood. Oh. But I wake up and um, a nurse was washing my hair. I just remember just, again, just snippets of mm-hmm. things. And I just remember her washing my hair and saying, hi, and being so nice. And I was drugged, you know, with lots of medicine. So I, but anyway, so my parents came, my siblings came, everybody was there. I remember my brother flew in from another state and I'm like, mm. oh, that's so nice. <laughs> you know, <laughs> how nice that people are visiting me. <laughs> I have no idea. How bad I, it was yeah, bad. I had a button I could push. I had more, as much morphine as a dying cancer patient gets. Mm. Anytime I wanted it, I just push a button any amount mm-hmm. I had. And, uh, but pu- one sweet story in this time is my brother Scott is two years older than me and he had been camping also with somebody else. During the same... During the same weekend okay. that this accident happened. So he comes home, or he and my dad maybe were gone together. And uh, they come home to messages on the kitchen table. Joe's in the hospital, you know, all these like just notes that my mom had jotted when she found out what was happening. And she and my sister-in-law, my sister hop in the car and they just head to Grand Junction, which is like a four and a half hour drive from Denver. And they're like zipping there thinking, my mom thinks she's going to find me dead. Mm. That's what she's gotten. So she knows the second she sees a nurse, the nurse is going to let her know if I've died or if I'm still alive. She knows just right when she sees the nurse's face. So they're with me and my dad and my brother come home and they see all these notes everywhere and they catch a little tiny plane to Grand Junction. But my brother and I had fought over the sleeping bag that weekend and who (laughs) got the good sleeping bag. And so my brother at that time was 21. I was 19. And he felt so bad that he had taken the good sleeping bag. (laughs) But you know how that'd be? You know, like you would feel so... It sounds so trivial, but it really impacted him. And he went in the chapel, and he he wasn't um, at that time ultra focused on Christ. He was having a good time. Mm-hmm. He's a fun, fun guy. He mm-hmm. loves people. He loves a good time. And he wasn't really walking with the Lord, and it hit him. He's like, if I were to die, I don't know what would happen. Mm-hmm. And he... That was when he rededicated his his life to Christ, was wow. through that time. And he was such a caregiver. I mean, he knew everything about all my tubes, how my breathing should sound. I mean, I had a ventilator. I had mm. chest tubes. I mean, I had so many tubes coming out of me. And he knew everyone. He knew how they should sound. And um, wow. very much a protector because he was, he just, obviously, he loved me. And I just remember him leaning over me and just crying. And I thought, oh, he's so nice. (laughs) Like, you know, just that kind of thing. Because I was so out of it. I had no idea it was that close. And I remember just hearing yelling in the background. I just heard this constant, you know, it was really agitating to me. Like, what's what's that noise? Well, it ends up it was Fred. He was unconscious, or I guess that's what you say. So you guys were in the same... We were brought to the same hospital. It was the closest trauma hospital in Grand Junction. And he wow. was screaming and screaming because they couldn't sedate him until he was no longer um, knocked out or I don't know the right <sighs> medical term. Mm. And so finally they were able to sedate him. But um, the cool thing for him is he was able to have this apparatus that grew bone and he now can walk. 
He skis. Oh he runs. Gosh. His legs were healed. He went into medicine as a result. He's now oh, a doctor. Wow. wow. And he's, they did tons of skin grafts and bone grafts. I mean, he had so much he went through. But all of that gave him compassion. And he was going to be an engineer. And instead, he became a doctor. And Crazy. so God used it in amazing ways for him as well. I'm kidding. But after that, I, I remember thinking when I was in the recovery and we'd get, you know, the church was amazing to us, loved us, came and visited. And I remember one letter came and, it, and the letter said, you're so lucky. You're so lucky to be alive. And I didn't feel lucky. Mm. I was hurting my body. I mean, I had so many broken bones and my eyes were solid red. The white was solid red. Mm. I was swollen. I was bruised. I mean, awful. And I remember thinking, I'm not lucky. Why didn't, why didn't God let me go to heaven? Mm. Like, does he not love me? Why wouldn't he wanted me to go? Why did he leave me here? Mm. And that's actually how I felt, which is an interesting and strange probably way to respond. Um, And I kind of just had that deep inside for a few months until finally that fall, this happened in August, and that fall I was at some, um, I don't know, church meeting or something. And someone said, "You're, you're here until your work is done. And if you're alive, you have work to do. He has a purpose. Mm. And somehow that's when it hit me. Like, if I'm alive, he has work for me to do. Otherwise, he would have let me come home because mm. mm. I wanted to go home. And it kind of gave me purpose then for my life. I've always had a stronger sense of purpose once that finally hit me. Mm. Wow. That's crazy. <laughs> wow, I know. <laughs> I don't think we've ever been more quiet. <laughs> I mean, look at the... I was not expecting that story. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't yeah, been Jamie, that quiet since. Jamie, um, <laughs> you had no idea, did you? No. Oh. I haven't been that quiet. I've seen it that quiet since uh, um, Christine Kylie. Yeah. Her yeah. story did that to us, oh. too. Yeah. I look at Jamie's face. You're like, your like, what? You're <laughs> 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 in headlights. I don't know what to say. <laughs> Me either. <laughs> oh, that's, that's crazy. So were you cool. in the hospital, like, how long? Was that whole recovery process for you? So, you know, like I said, I was about to leave for college. So I took that semester off okay. and recovered. That whole semester, I just mm-hmm. was in physical therapy and and the bones healing and all that sort of thing. But I went back to the inner city work that semester because mm-hmm. I'm just home now. Everybody's gone to college and I have nothing to do once mm-hmm. I started feeling better. <clears throat> and... I solidified again, just that that was the passion of my life. I just loved it. Mm. So, um, I was also yeah. thinking how sad it would be for the parents of the exchange student oh. to get that news, oh. you know, obviously they, it's hard anytime, but oh, the last imagine? thing you would ever expect. They, I, they came when I was still in ICU mm. and so I never met them, but I can't imagine. Yeah. I can't imagine how hard that was for them. Wow, what a crazy story. Yeah, Yeah, I was going to say, and so do you feel like you had any, because when you like go through something that traumatic, that can tend to stick with you, I'm guessing. Did you have any fear response from that or anything you carried from having that experience Mm. or... 
Because you seem to be taking everything really well in stride. All these things. <laughs> I know. Not that I she want to be something wrong. She never goes above tree line now. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> no Jeep Wrangler. You know what's funny? I think, I don't know. I don't know if this is true or maybe it's just true for me or who knows. I think at the time you feel so invincible. Mm-hmm. I think everyone else knew how close I was to death. I did not know how close. I mean, I'm the one. I was drugged out on morphine. I didn't really know right. how close I was. And so for me to appreciate what happened took years. Now I'm afraid of mm. stuff like that. But I wasn't for so long. Mm. And I think because I have kids now. Yeah. And I think, oh my goodness. Yeah. Imagine if my kids did yeah. that. Oh, And yeah. so everything has changed um, and different accidents I've had. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I think now I have a lot more fear about all that stuff than yeah. I used to. I think that's kind of, God does that on purpose, the way he wires us in mm. our youth to, to, to also just think you're invincible. That's just kind of that yeah. period of your life. Yeah. Yeah. You just, you just do. I remember I, my sister-in-law just to say again, like I didn't have any idea how close I was, but my sister-in-law and my mom and my sister come in to see me that first night, that Saturday night, it was probably the middle of the night when they show up and they couldn't recognize me. Mm. My sister's like, well, that's not my sister. I was so swollen. Wow. Mm-hmm. And so my sister-in-law gets a picture, my senior picture. I'd just graduated a year before and she puts it up above my bed. She goes, I wanted all the nurses to know what you look like. Aww. Isn't that interesting? She's a two. Aww. But she was like, <laughs> <laughs> but she wanted them to know this is a human being. That's, yeah. I guess, how bad I looked. I want them to know that because I didn't have a nose. I was so swollen. There was no oh. nose, like all that. And she's like, this is what she looks like. I want you to know this is what this person is supposed to look like and I want to give her a humanity to you. Mm. I thought that was such wow. a good idea. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So because of my whole jaw surgery, the people who walked that with me years ago were like, how's her jaw? Aww. How are her teeth after all those years? Aww. Nothing happened with that. Oh. Isn't that cool? You yeah, didn't break is. your jaw? I didn't break my jaw. I didn't, didn't chip lose any, any teeth. teeth. <laughs> I know. Chip a teeth. Have them all. Reinforced jaw. And- I know. Right. <laughs> yeah, I got lots of metal in there extra bone in there yeah wow anyway you had you have had a lot of trials before you were 20 yeah more than most kids it's an interesting you know that verse in second corinthians uh yeah second corinthians one says that god comforts us in our trials so that we will comfort comfort others Mm, yeah i think it was a very um obviously purposeful thing yeah how he he has shaped me. My my posture typically isn't overly rebellious. That's just not who I am. Mm-hmm. But he used a lot of hard things in my life to make me submit because I didn't naturally trust. Yeah. And mm. I'm self-centered, so self-centered. So to help me look outside myself, I guess, to help me learn compassion. Yeah. Wow. So, okay, that's, we're going to take yeah. a commercial oh, break. Yeah. We've never <laughs> done that before, but we just kidding. need one. To yeah, we'll talk about marigold. <laughs> <laughs> Float tanks are open. <laughs> that's right. So, so okay. So, now. what happens after that? So, then you go into your sophomore year. You're yeah. going back to inner city work, right? You got. You're looking at your notes. Did you go back oh to Liberty? Goodness. See, that's why I have to have funny stories too, because I have a lot of weird. That's okay. I'm loving. Stories. I'm loving this bad but god uses the bad right not the bad but the the hard hard. yes so i graduate from from school and i join campus crusade for christ or crew 
like I told you, I loved it. I loved working with the inner city kids. And that's what I did. Like from college out until I got married, I worked with inner city kids. Um, and I lived, breathed, ate it. I just loved it. I ended up moving into the inner city mm. because I knew that that's where your most effective girls came over all the time for sleepovers and oh, cool. making cookies wow. together. I'd be on the phone all night long with them. You know, it just, I loved it. I just loved it. And um, so here's another funny story. <laughs> Hopefully it's not heavy, but. <laughs> well, we'll find it's out. Fascinating. <laughs> it's fascinating. It's fascinating. So my friend Julie and I move into the city and when I told my mom, she was on the phone with her friend and I mouthed to her, we found a place. And she just bursts into tears because now as a mom, I can imagine how oh, nervous yeah. she was. But yeah. at the time I'm like, yeah, we're moving into the heart of the city, you know? <laughs> and so we move in and we're all good to go. My friend Julie and I, Keith knew Julie Trujillo, but mm-hmm. we are going to a rally with all the high school kids. And so we were gone and doing this thing, loving it. We got home at like one in the morning and we, you know, park on the street and walk up to our front door and she unlocks one lock and the door starts to open. She's like, someone's been in the house. Oh. And I'm like, it's unlocked. Like you just unlocked it. She goes, no, I locked both of them. And there's only one that's locked right now. Someone's been in here. And I'm like, oh, I bet you don't remember correctly. Like, I'm sure, it's fine. Mm-hmm. So we peek. Sure enough, stuff is strewn all over this main living room. Oh, my gosh. Well, we're freaking out. So we run back to the car and we run to a pay phone. No cell phones. So we run to a pay phone (laughs) and we're, you know, under that like pitch black and this bad part of town with a light, you know, and you're like, hello, 911. So anyways, we wait for a while making sure the police is going to, are going to be there by the time we get, we get back. There's a really cool lesson in this story. So we walk in. Like I said, stuff strewn, the TV's like in another place. There's just junk. Well, the police find a pillowcase. It's hard to explain, but our bedrooms were like down a hall. And there was a pillowcase filled with my roommate's stuff. He had taken mm. her pillowcase and stuffed all her mm. stuff in there. And a hammer and some other things were sitting in the hallway. So they said, as soon as you guys pulled up, he ran out the back door. So he dropped it. But before we showed up, he had gone through all my stuff. He had taken a bunch of my jewelry and microwave and whatever. He took a bunch of stuff. And all in the end, we find out it was all my stuff. Like none of Julie's stuff got taken, which was really odd. Mm -hmm. So we go to to bed and I'm just mad. You go to bed in that house that night? Oh I my know. goodness sakes. I don't know how we did that. I By the know. time the police left, you know, like it's probably two in the morning because yeah. we didn't get home till like 12 or one or maybe it's three. Who knows? And I'm laying there and I feel so violated and I'm so mad. And little do I know my roommate goes to bed praying. Little saint. She's like, <laughs> she's like Lord, would you, would you give Joe back all her stuff? Would you just give her it all back? Well, they had left saying, you're never going to get your stuff. He's selling it off. You can go to the pawn shops right. and see if you can find it. Well, Denver is a huge city. Yeah. I mean, you're going to hit, what, 100 pawn shops a day? Like, They're I'm not everywhere. Doing that. They're everywhere, right? So I'm thinking, I'm just never going to get any of it back. So the next morning, I get up and I went rollerblading. <laughs> Another <laughs> 90s thing, right? So yes. I go rollerblading. Scott and... was a rollerblader. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we didn't know each other yet. Um. And I come home and the phone's ringing. 
And I pick it up and he's like, this is officer so-and-so. Were you robbed last night? And I said, yeah, we were. And he goes, well, we caught the guy and we have all your stuff. Get out. No. So I go wake up Julie and she's like, well, that's what I prayed. I'm like, you did? I'm like, I was just mad, it you was, know, and everything. Here oh she's so sweet. And it was like, so, yeah, well, yeah, that's what I, I prayed. Exactly. I prayed that, yeah, you know. I mean, come on. <laughs> of course. Exactly. <laughs> and I, awesome. I mean, I just was like, I did not deserve it. I didn't deserve, I, the, my attitude would never have earned that. Mm. And always being kind of like a good girl. Mm. And I was so not. Mm. It was such an amazing moment of, wow, Lord, you do that for me even when my attitude sucks. And even when I'm mad and I blame you, mm. you still would do that for me. It was just an amazing yeah. experience. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Holy moly. So Did you weird. say this was a funny one? You learned a lot of lessons. I was going to say. <laughs> so funny. Okay. So funny. <laughs> Life <laughs> has been so funny. That was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> so you want to know how I met Scott? Should we move on? Where hey you take yeah it's it is your story you take us where yeah exactly well you guys are good question askers well I'm just trying to like well that that one kind of (laughs) I don't want to be too heavy you met him down there though when you were living downtown right yeah yeah I want to hear about the first time because he he says the first I think it was the first time you met that he was not an ideal mate because of his attitude something he acted like he knew what he was doing or something oh, oh yeah. yeah 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 i want to yeah, hear yeah. your your side he joined of that the group story. or the crew right or something and he had it all together oh, yes yeah, yeah, yeah. tell that yeah that's kind of nice he he kind of told on himself yeah. <laughs> he's he's pretty good at that lately he's really good at that <laughs> that's actually what made the difference hmm. so yeah he and i went on a mission well i was a missionary of our church so they supported me financially and that particular summer they were sending all these trips to their missionaries that they supported well i'm just right there in denver i'm 45 minutes from the church <clears throat> so he led the church group and they hang out with me mm-hmm. because that's the ministry right so he comes well i know the church people too because that's the church i grew up in like i know everybody there too so we're supposed to kind of like do it together but from the get-go i could tell scott was doing it (laughs) and not me and i was like wow like people put us together i can't remember if he said that but our church when he showed up people put us together like that they're like you and scott are like the perfect pair you guys got to Hook up. Well, that was a terrible kiss of death because all of a sudden it can't be just normal, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you can't just get to know each that. other. All of a sudden, That's like, we both true. know. Uh-huh. Now we, right. we got to like each other. Yeah. yeah. And everyone's watching. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, are they going to get together? So it was just a kiss of death. Yes. So, we, so we're going on this missions trip, and I am a little intrigued. I mean, I think yeah. he's cute. And yeah. I know where he's heading in life, and you know I want to be in ministry. I know he's right. going into ministry. So I'm certainly intrigued. But we start doing this trip together, and honestly, I'm totally turned off. (laughs) I mean, I am like, he is so arrogant and thinks he knows everything. He's taken one class for three days, and I've been living down here for five years, you know? And not that I knew everything either. Sure. I so didn't, but compared to him, I knew a lot more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But, you know, he has a big personality. And so, and as a nine, I just kind of, okay. Right. And... But I left Power that. to the nines. Yeah. <laughs> I left that week thinking, not interested. I'm not interested. You just totally wrote him off like. Okay. I totally wrote him off. Yeah. I, and I told one person, my friend who was down there with me, her name was Heather. And I'm like, 
he is, you know, just, <laughs> I am, he is so arrogant and la la la. But Sorry. he wouldn't have known. Is this the same Heather that was in the Jeep? Yeah. Mm. Nice connection. Well, I just know the name oh, yeah, Heather yeah, pretty well. True. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, But how was, so how was she? She was okay? Oh, she was the least hurt in she the was accident. The le- yeah. Okay. Sorry. So she did, yeah, she healed up. Okay. You may continue. Okay. <laughs> so she would never have told him, and I wasn't going to talk about him or anything. I just was like, whatever. <laughs> so about a month later, I get a card in the mail, <gasps> and it says Scott Brooks in the left hand. I'm like, no, he I wrote haven't talked to him. I mean, had nothing to do with him. So I open up the card, and it's him apologizing. <gasps> it's him being like, I was a jerk. I totally didn't um, honor you. I didn't let you contribute wow basically that what he told in his podcast he just confessed it nice job scott yeah and what really is amazing is he didn't hear that from anyone it's not like he heard i said that he just right he's that's who he is is he will look at his heart so much Mm -hmm. and he looked his own heart and he's humble enough to be like wow look what i did and then to go that extra mile and actually apologize so it made me be like, oh. I was going to say, then were <laughs> yeah. you like, all right. Yeah. It's like, if he's like that. Yeah. Like, that's impressive because we all screw up. But if somebody right. can apologize. Right, if a apologize, man can admit when he's wrong, well, hello. Especially, hello. especially if, 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 <laughs> exactly. he, if, so, if he didn't, you didn't have to say to him, yeah. right. you did this. No. It was just an automatic. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty impressive. It would have yeah. been so different. But yeah. just for to know the humble and teachable heart which was opposite of what i thought he had yeah he exemplified something very different that's why we all love scott yeah Yeah. me especially (laughs) (laughs) but there's a little bit of background with even that which was a really cool lesson um the summer that summer that very summer i was praying that god would show me a specific sin in my life i was just Mm -hmm. like i know i'm a sinner i know i've sinned all the time but what's a sin that I am unaware of. Would you reveal it to me? That's a great prayer to pray. So all summer, I'm like, was it that? Was it that? Was it that? <laughs> you know, like, which sin is it? <laughs> you know? <laughs> and when, again, Heather, she keeps popping up. Interesting. Um, I'm waiting to go out with Heather. And I am in my apartment that got robbed. And I'm looking through a magazine. And there's an article. Oh, man, this is kind of a long story now that I think about it. That's what we're here for. Mm-hmm. To back up, <laughs> I had been praying for a soulmate for years. I really wanted a soulmate more than even kids. Mm. I wanted to share my life with somebody. And so I'd been praying about it for a long time. And when I joined Campus Crusade, there was a time that I was spending with the Lord. And I can vividly remember I was reading in First uh, Samuel and reading about Hannah praying for a child. Mm. And the Lord promising her, I'm going to give you a child. And he gives her Samuel. And as weird or not as this sounds, the Lord used that passage to hit my heart that I'm going to do that for you. I'm going to give you a soulmate just like I gave Hannah Samuel. Mm-hmm. And it was so uh, monumental that like, I, I can vividly remember where I was and, and that effect it had on me even now. So that was years, that was probably six years earlier. Well, because of who I am, I forget. I forget that he said that. And so I start saying, Lord, would you do it? Would you do this? Are you going to give me a soulmate? Are you, please give me a soulmate, please. 
So a couple years go by and I go away um, for two or three days just in like a silent retreat and I'm praying and I'm journaling and I come across 1 Samuel and it's like, oh yeah, I forgot about that (laughs) promise. How did I forget? And it hits me again like a two by four. Like, yes, thank you. You know, I'm so happy. And I forget again. I know you guys are like, what a No, because moron. I've done that in my life. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, Thank it's you. totally relatable. Oh, I oh my gosh. Do. Yeah, Keith, are you kidding me? Look at his face. <laughs> we always do it. Look at my life. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you. Because I'm like, how do I keep forgetting he's answered so... Mm, well, that's you know. all through the Bible, right? Yeah, the, I mean, them dang Israelites. In front of your face. They always yeah. forgot. You don't remember. You guys are the best. <laughs> you make me feel better. So, so I forget again. So this summer, I'm sitting here reading this magazine, and as I'm reading it, I'm reading an article by Ruth Graham Lotz, mm-hmm. and she's talking about how she gets married and she can't have kids. And she starts praying, and she's like, Lord, would you give me a baby? And she starts fasting and praying every month. And there's a time when she's doing that that it, it hits her that the Lord's saying, I'm going to give you a baby. Mm-hmm. And she says, from that moment on, I quit asking and I quit fasting and I just thanked him. Oh. And it hit me for the last time. But it hit me again, like I keep begging for things that the Lord has already promised. Yes, a soulmate is one thing. Mm-hmm. But the other thing in my journal, all throughout my journal was constantly, please don't give up on me. Please don't give up on me. Wow. And, you know, in Philippians 1, 6, it says, He'll never give up on us. He's not Mm going to give up on us. He's going to see us to completion. And when I realized how much I was begging for things he had already promised, it was like this huge weight came off my shoulders. I was like floating. It was as if I was in love. I was so on cloud nine, like, you've already said all these things. Like, I don't have to keep begging you. You've already given these to me. And it was right after that that Scott and I started dating. So a tie in. Oh wow. Not that it always wow. works out that way, but it did work out that way. So Well, it took years to cool. get there. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It right? did. I was twenty six by this point. Yeah. When we started dating. And when was the when first time married. you saw the promise in, in Samuel? Yeah, it was when I was twenty two. So you had to mm-hmm. wait four years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Which feels like a long time. Yeah. When you don't know. Yeah, absolutely. And at that, yeah. So we go on our first date, and it was very safe, super, super safe. Actually, the first three dates were so safe, meaning safe not in a good way. I should clarify, like, like non-vulnerable, non-transparent. Uh, like, oh, how's that weather? Well, was it sort of because <laughs> you guys knew everybody... It was like you could only, th- this was not never going to be a casual thing. Either you were going to get married and something was going to come out of this or was, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah There's always pressure. Yeah. And he, I think he was wanting me to do it. And I'm like, I'm not, you're I'm first. not leading this. Right. You're, you're first or it's not happening. Right. So the first three dates, we're just kind of like chit chatting. And I mean, you know me, I'm, I'm not a good chit chatter. Like, I want to get to it. Like, yes. let's talk about stuff. Yes. And so the fourth date, I'm driving. We were, we always got together after the singles group change point. We would just meet up for coffee afterwards. And so we meet there, and I'm driving there. I'm like, okay, Lord, like, this is the fourth time. And if he doesn't start to ask me questions that matter and that go deeper, this is the last one. Like, I'm not interested in shallow. I love your tenacity. <laughs> love this. But I wasn't going to lead it. Well, that's fine. Because so, I didn't want to lead my husband. I knew I didn't yeah, want to lead. That's if, right. You want to. If he's that... not going to lead me, then pff, 
there you go. So <laughs> that night, he, I don't remember what he asked me, but we went there. Like we started talking about our hearts and what mattered to us. And, um, and I left like, oh, I was going to say, there must have been like sparks, <laughs> fireworks. <laughs> I think I know what's going to happen. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yay, and it didn't take long. I mean, then a couple months later, like maybe not even a couple months later, he told me he loved me. A couple months after uh, that, we got engaged. Wow. Six months after that, we got married. So it was, once it happened, it was like, you were both it was instant. Ready. We both yeah. knew that this is the person. Yes. But it took four dates till we like let that, that like, that's tough know. though. The nerves yeah. are hard to get past sometimes. They are. You know? It was for us. <laughs> Guys are just as... Nervous as girls, if not worse. <laughs> I always wonder that. I guess yeah. it depends on the guy, you know. That's true. But yeah. So yeah. so I don't think he told us how he proposed, did he? I don't know. I don't think so. Oh, he was dirt poor. I mean, he shopped everywhere. <laughs> Everything he bought was from Goodwill. I mean, we we were. I'm sorry. I'm laughing. We I, hung I out was with there. Keith. Yeah. <laughs> After we got married, Keith would spend the night at our place sometimes. <laughs> yeah. and we were around we were each all other a lot dirt during poor. that time. <laughs> yeah. I those days. Oh, yeah, had he, nothing. He had, he'd go to Goodwill and he got a black book bag and it had a purple strap. Yeah. I'm like, why did you use a purple strap? <laughs> like toast with syrup for French toast and ramen noodles with spaghetti sauce. Peaches like, oh, out of a can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's spaghetti. He was dirt poor. And honestly, when we went out, it was Dutch. Like, 95 percent of the Aww. time i paid for my coffee and he paid for his and we were just drinking like normal denny's coffee not even starbucks like it was just it was like, like 50 cents yeah he he, he literally didn't have any money literally so i'd be was, like well yeah. i'll just pay for mine it was bad yeah i kind of didn't like that but you know <laughs> if i was good with him I well he help. was in ministry so <laughs> right he was sold he was out in, to jesus yeah. he was in seminary and he was yes. working his tail off he was washing windows and Going Did he to school have, full time. Is this when he had luxurious long locks? Not yet. Okay. He did start growing them while we were dating. How did you feel about I those? I loved it. Oh, did you? <laughs> oh, I was like, oh, grow it. Because he'd be like, I should cut it. No, don't. Oh. <laughs> I liked it. Do you think he should grow it long again? No. <laughs> it's not thick enough you, anymore. You answered all really quickly. <laughs> Can you imagine Scott with a ponytail right now? No. <laughs> be a little thin on top. <laughs> <laughs> no, it wouldn't look anymore. But at the time, I really liked it. Yeah. Oh, so the proposal. Did we oh, get yeah, off the track proposal. again? Yeah. So little did I know, he was pinching his pennies for months. I mean, Aww. he must have started saving immediately. Immediately, because he. That's went why all you were paying out. Dutch, because he was saving for that yeah. ring. Ex- yep. Yes. He had a plan. Yeah. So he took me to <laughs> yeah. a really nice restaurant, like a five star restaurant. Then we Aww. went to um, a. I don't know if it's called a Broadway play because it's in Denver, but mm-hmm. like a Broadway right. play. Off, off Broadway. Off Broadway, yeah. exactly. There you go. Paid for both tickets, front row. Wow. I mean. This is making me yeah, feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> I really blew it. <laughs> anyway, well, yeah, you go have to ahead. remember every other day. I feel like day. I should redo it. <laughs> <laughs> it's never too late. You have to remember every other date was coffee at Denny's <laughs> or Chili's. Point. That was the rest of our dates. That's a good point. All right. Nothing cost anything. Even Christmas, he gave me like a rose and a poem. Like it's not like, Aww. you know, here's like lavish gifts. Yeah, he, yeah. Right. he didn't have any money. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that's how we got all dressed up. And Aww. so it was really fun. I love that though. I, I think that 
I don't know that like when there's no mistaking you're together for all the right reasons. Right. I, I'd like to think when yeah. you when you get together and you don't, it's like Money. all I have to give is myself. Right. Yeah. And yeah. A poem and a rose. Exactly. Right? Exactly. That's cool. Yes. Um, so wait. So he proposed to you like after the show, or <laughs> he got yes. up on stage in the middle of the show. <laughs> he sang a solo and then. <laughs> He did some jazz. <laughs> he did some jazz, exactly. I kept it up on stage. Man, I'm so fidgety. Um, you hot. So really, though, was it after the show? Or? So really, let's get back to it. Now I'm going to start laughing. I know. We went up into oh. the mountains and went... <laughs> but not above the tree line. I, I want to stay away from the mountains. <laughs> The foothills. We went to the foothills. Oh, okay. <laughs> Do you know what those are? Yeah. For the kids at home. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. Exactly. For the kids at home. That didn't grow up in Denver. <laughs> foothills the foot, are. The foothills are the beginning of the mountains. Yeah. Where'd you go? Yeah. Um, Genesis. You went to Genesis? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. <gasps> we knew somebody who had the property name. up there. I mean, come on. I mean, we were just talking about Genesis. Yes. Yeah. And yeah, Genesis a beautiful is the spot. genesis of yeah, your relationship. Yeah, it is. It's so pretty. <laughs> so many meetings. Adam and Eve. <laughs> I can't. Okay. Okay. See, we needed some humor. <laughs> yeah, I'm we're back making up. Again, I got Sweating. bad stories coming. Sweating again. Sweating again. Don't miss it. Should we stop again. there? <laughs> He's he's pitting out again. Look out. (laughs) Okay, Okay, so he proposed. Oh, dear. And you live happily ever after. So happy. I I couldn't even believe it. I couldn't believe that God had given me my soulmate. I just couldn't believe it. I was so happy. I think he was was pretty excited about it, too. When was the first time you knew absolutely? Absolutely? Because he shared when he knew. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He knew... So oh, don't, right, don't early tell, on. Yeah, don't, oh, no, I know when he thought that. Okay. With, with when did me you know? On the grass. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dirty. Covered and, with dirt. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, well, I think after that fourth date, I knew there was a lot of potential. Like, I think I could want to marry him. And then I became afraid and <clears throat> like, I want a sign. Give me a sign, Lord, like some miraculous sign. And we went to premarital counseling and they're like, you can't. You can't demand that. You can't ask for that. Mm. I mean, not that you can't ask, but I was demanding that for an assurance. Oh. Mm. And they were like, you can't base it on having a sign. And that put me in my spot. And then I said, okay. (laughs) And then we went out and met your family in May over Memorial Day. Oh, in Kansas. And I was so nervous driving all the way out to Kansas to meet your family. Oh. I thought I'd just die. I was so scared. Oh, my god! And everybody's so nice. And his dad, Keith and Scott's dad, laughed all the time. Oh. And he made me feel like a million bucks. Oh. I mean, I'm not really funny. And he <laughs> laughed I constantly. He was, everything I did was funny. And that just gave me such a peace and confidence. Right. I'm like, oh, I think he likes me. <laughs> like, he just made me feel so comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. So he was awesome. And, of course, your mom just took me right in and she had fresh towels every morning for me oh and she's such the she hostess totally pampered me i'm like wow like i felt like a queen they went all out to let me know they would love me mm. right from the start 
So you were so, like, I could, I could marry into this family. Yeah, I totally felt like that. Yeah, <laughs> and I met the other brother, the other, the brother, other brother, the other brother Mark, <laughs> and his wife, and I loved them. I loved them. Mm. So yeah, it was. And after that, I really knew. I think after that, because I saw that your family was so similar to my own, that yeah, there was true. a comfort already. Like right then, I thought mm. there's so much similar that I'm I'm comfortable. Wow. Mm. So that's awesome. Yeah. We have a great family. So you got hitched. So we got hitched. Yeah. In December it was a winter wonderland wedding and oh. it was so fun. And then we went to Mexico for our honeymoon and then we came back and went to the mountains <laughs> for our honey- <laughs> the rest of our honeymoon. Not above Timberline, but <laughs> went skiing amongst the trees. <laughs> <laughs> And there were no accidents. <laughs> no accidents. Praise no, Scott Jesus. got sick on our honeymoon first because, you know, you're not supposed to drink the water or have <laughs> oh, no. ice. And Scott didn't listen. He's oh, like, oh, Scott. it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> oh, no. So he drinks Coke with lots of ice, oh. guzzling away that night. He's in the bathroom. That's not really. Like second day of our honeymoon. I mean, you're on your honeymoon, Scott. Oh, Don't take those kinds of. What drives him to take such chances on your honeymoon? Exactly. It <laughs> oh, really? It for about 24 hours. Right. You know, I have a question. <laughs> Why do they serve water and ice in Mexico? That's... Because the, the people that are native and that water they're used to, yeah, they're fine. They're fine. It's just if, but you're, if you're not. if you're in a hotel or something, why don't they like use different water and ice? Well, we weren't in the hotel. Oh. <laughs> we were at a local joint. You were at a, yeah, at a hostel or something, <laughs> saving as much money as possible. Exactly, we had no money. In a tent on the beach. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Actually, with the ocean water. No. <laughs> Too much salt. Salt's good for you, Joe. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh so we had a great gosh. honeymoon. It was so fun. And I just remember being on the plane thinking, man, we're so grown up. Like, we're going on a trip. I'm going on a trip with a guy. Like, I just couldn't believe it. It just felt so cool. Yeah. You know, I just, That is a know. cool feeling when you get married and you start kind of, you get your first washer and dryer and yeah. that's all Heather wanted. And it was like, man, <laughs> like, we're so grown up. Yeah, you feel, yeah, you feel, you feel it, it feels like you're playing house at first. <laughs> yeah. 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 Cinderella. Yeah. Or no, yeah. Snow White. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, so that was such a high. Like, that was such a, a great, great time. And then um, Scott shared that we came home, and I walked into my mom's house to see her, and um, she was on the phone, and I overheard her scheduling a biopsy. And I was like, Mom. And she saw me, and she's like, oh, she didn't want me to know. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what's going on? And she said, well, I have a lump. I need to get it biopsied. And immediately, like she didn't, she knew it would ruin my mm-hmm. blissful time. Mm-hmm. So um, Scott shared, she ended up getting aggressive breast cancer and um, that was super hard. She was um, such a giant spiritually. She was someone I went to about practical things, someone I went to about spiritual things and I remember her saying, because there was no cancer, no one had died in my family yet. My grandparents were all alive, all my mm. aunts and uncles. Nobody had died. No one had cancer. And we all thought at that time that if other people in your relatives didn't have breast cancer, you didn't get yeah. it, like that it was mm-hmm. only a genetic thing. And um, and so for sure it wasn't going to be cancer. I mean, there was no way. And then it was. And I remember her saying, because she was the rock of the family at the time, 
she said, and she based it out of Psalm 139, and she says, this is a, this is a surprise for us, but it's not a surprise to God. Mm-hmm. He knows all about us. He knows the number of our days. He knows the number of hairs on our head. Mm-hmm. And he knew this was coming, and this isn't a surprise to him. And that was the first time it really hit me to that level, being so shocked. Wow, this wasn't a surprise to him. And there was comfort in that. Mm-hmm. Like he already knew. Mm-hmm. He was already prepared for that. And we could go to him knowing he already knew, and he already knew the outcome. And and um, so she first, all of us, you know, come home. We're all flying home, and we all want to be with her and love her and help her. And um, and she was going in to get her first chemo, and we're all praying, Lord, just have her get it the first the first stick, go right into our vein, be perfect. Mm-hmm. You can do this. And we're all praying that people we knew praying that just. She wouldn't have to be stuck time and time again. So she goes in, stuck time and time again, to the mm-hmm. point she has to leave without ever getting the chemo because mm-hmm. they can't get a vein. Mm-hmm. And they said, actually, you're going to have to get um, a line mm-hmm. where it's just put a port where they keep it in, you know, semi-permanently. And I remember being so mad, like, couldn't you just answer that one little prayer? Mm-hmm. Like, why couldn't have you just answered that one little prayer? And so... A few days later, she goes, gets the port in. And then from then on, they used the port for the chemo and never did she have to be stuck. Mm. She never had to have blood draw sticks. They never had chemo sticks. Like he did answer our prayers, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't the way we thought. And again, just another thing of just sitting back and being like, you answered our heart cry, even though you didn't answer our cry. Like our specific cry, you did something it felt like so opposite and mean, Mm. but in actuality, if you if that would have happened, then every time she would have had yeah. to have a needle. Right. But instead, she never had to have needles. And it was like, come take my blood, do whatever. Yeah. You know, it wasn't yeah. it wasn't hard. Wow. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, she he kind of talked a little bit about that. Um, he told you that he lost his. I heard him say, "I lost my wife." Yeah, <laughs> and he did lose his wife. I I sunk into a probably my biggest sorrow of my life. Probably was during that time. And, um, and I was traveling back and forth. We ended up having to move during that time. I couldn't believe I had to move away, um, in the midst of her chemo, in the midst of her sickness, I actually pulled away to move away the day she was diagnosed as terminal. Mm. That morning she was diagnosed as terminal and that afternoon I pulled out and I just, I couldn't believe it. Nobody could believe I left, Mm -hmm. um, so I would travel back and forth, travel back and forth. And um, <clears throat> she... Did you wrestle with that decision? Yeah. We tried so hard to stay in Colorado. And every church we went to, it wasn't the right fit. So we go to visit Missoula, and I was mad going. I'm like, I'm not... Uh, in my heart, I'm thinking, mm-hmm. I'm not moving here. Yeah. I don't care if they want us. We're not mo- I'm not moving here. Mm-hmm. And I got there, and I remember one woman right away saying you guys are moving here. Mm. And I was like, mm-hmm. and inside I'm like, <laughs> no, we're not. I wish we had that on video. I know. I know. Too. <laughs> One of those moments. If you saw the video. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was just mad that she said that. And I'm like, I'm proving you wrong. We're not moving here. And we meet <clears throat> the people. We met the pastor and his wife. And I did immediately think he's the kind of guy I'd want Scott under, mm. knowing that he would be influential in Scott's life. We had met some others that I thought, ooh, I don't, I, unfortunately, I don't mm-hmm. want him to be under his leadership. Mm-hmm. 
And I knew I wanted Jeff as his mentor for one. That's not what drew us there. But God just put it in my heart. Like Scott was ready to go anywhere. I mean, mm-hmm. that was, he was, he was chomping at the bit. Mm-hmm. Me, on the other hand, I was not. Mm-hmm. But we got home and they offered him the job. And they said they had had a, he, Jeff had had a brain tumor. His wife, Mary Lee, had had breast cancer. So they, they were only in their late 30s at this point. Oh, oh my gosh. And they offered us, knowing their pain that they had gone through, they said, we don't want you to come, even though they've been looking for two years for a worship guy. Wow. They said, wait till the end of the summer. This is May. They said, wait till the mm-hmm. end of the summer when Joe's done walking her mom through her treatments, then come. Oh. Wow. And I thought, how do you not want to go serve with people like that? Yeah. Who right. are that other centered and not so worried about their own mm-hmm. agenda? Yeah. And so I loved them from the start. Mm-hmm. I just was like, wow. Okay. So we walk her through. It's the end of the summer. We're supposed to leave. Scott had left the day before. I was supposed to leave the next day go to this appointment with my mom. They say she's terminal. Mm-hmm. And so I drive away. And um, anyways, when we, when the day came that she actually died, we were all with her around her bed. She had a very difficult death. You often hear of these wonderful deaths. Like mm-hmm. she was a saint and you think she did. Des- she deserved it. Like there was this moment and they said, look, there's Jesus, yeah. you know, or these happy endings. And that's what we wanted. And, that's not what she had. It was horrific. Mm. Um, I won't even get into all the details, but it was very difficult. And the interesting thing is I look back at that. All of us kids were mad about how she died. A couple of my siblings even about threw in the towel with their faith. Really? Because they felt like God was so cruel with how she died. So it was, we don't have to get into it, but just, it was painful. Very painful. Mm lot of suffering Mm. and it just kept going on and on and um she just wouldn't die Mm. and um and we had to keep watching it and watching we're like lord take her and she wouldn't and kept going on and she'd throw up green bile and moan and pain it was just awful and um like i said some of a couple of my siblings were just like yeah. What does it, what does prayer even do? Like everything mm-hmm. we've prayed for did not happen with her. And I go back to Missoula and I'm in a Bible study and she's talking about heaven and death. And she said, death is Satan's last hurrah. Oh, it's his last hurrah. And wow. if he, like my mom was safe as she went through, he's, she said, it's like a birth. When you go through death, you're, you're born into my mom was born into heaven. Like she mm-hmm. got to go to heaven, but the rest of us had to watch mm. all the travails. And to think that it was Satan's last hurrah with her life, I thought he's going to win. Mm-hmm. If we hate God as a result of this, he's going to win because he made it so hard for us to have to watch that. And um, I've never forgotten that idea that death is... That's really, I will never forget that either. Yeah. Yeah. That is incredible. Yeah. I never Mm -hmm. thought about that. No. That timing that that woman said that, it was, it was a gift. I think that's an amazing thing to have follow up on that is if you give in to the despair or the anger with God, then you've helped the devil in his last hurrah to have success. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Because death is a way for him to twist us up 
because we think death matters. Mm, but right. in God's economy, it does not matter. Mm-hmm. It's his victory, the devil's loss, really. Actually, in Psalm 116, mm. this was a psalm that meant a lot to me when when she was dying and then I was <clears throat> grieving and all that. It says in Psalm 116, 18, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. To your point. There you go. Yeah. It's like it doesn't feel precious to us, mm-hmm. but it's yeah. precious to him somehow. Yeah. Well, I think it's in light of the resurrection. Yeah. For him, it's it's another one that's come home to victory and... Soon the devil's time of celebration will be over because mm-hmm. death will be destroyed. Mm. There will right. be no more death. We weren't meant for death. We were we never weren't. created for death. No, mm. the devil tricked mm-hmm. tricked humanity. Mm-hmm. So um, crazily enough, so my whole thing of this mother-daughter relationship that I loved that I felt was then lost and that was a huge loss, um, A few months later, I got pregnant, Mm -hmm. and as you know, Scott's family has three boys. Linda's the only girl of all boys. Mm -hmm. Like, there's all these boys everywhere. (laughs) And I'm all about boys, but I'm like, I want one girl, you know? (laughs) And I was sure I was having a boy. I just was like, I don't know why. I just knew that I knew that I was going to have a boy. Mm -hmm. And I went... Because Brooks has put out boys? (laughs) Brooks, all I knew was boys on the Brooks side, and I just knew it was going to be dominant. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And, and literally, so, the extended family, I think there's, oh. out of 16 in my generation, there was only three. Right. Three girls. So I'm like, I know I'm going to have all wow. all boys. So I go to the doctor. He takes an ultrasound, takes a picture with an arrow and says, you're having a boy. Oh, no with way. With all certainty that I can say, as a doctor who's practiced for 20-some years, you're having a boy. Get out. So I'm like, I'm having a boy. That's So my church has a shower for me, a couple showers, actually. People, like, did handmade quilts with, like, boy boy colors. And we named them Cole, you know, Cole things. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Scott's mom helped me decorate the room. She sewed all these beautiful things for me. We painted. Everything's ready for Cole. Oh, my gosh. I go into labor. I have the baby. And the nurse midwife says, you didn't just have a boy. You just had a baby girl. <laughs> and I am like oh sobbing gosh. and sobbing in joy because God gave me back that mother-daughter relationship. Mm. I was like, you gave me a girl? Oh. I, couldn't, I couldn't believe it. And I couldn't quit crying to the point that the midwife's like, are you okay? Like I wouldn't quit crying. And poor Scott, I was so hormonal. He kept calling her a him Aww. because he's so used to, and yes. I'm like, you don't even want a girl, do you? And I'm like, Scott's like, ah. like, I was such a mess. I'm like, it's a girl. That's funny. So we knew, I knew immediately that we wanted to name her Peyton Adele. My mom's middle name was Adele. Wow, Aww. pretty name. And so we named her Peyton Adele and it was such a shock. And that was just at the one year anniversary. Of my oh, mom's death, wow. it was just a week or two. What a fun apart. surprise, you oh. know, to trick you. That's I like know. somebody doing a surprise birthday party or yes. something. Yes, <laughs> it That's it was funny. shocking. I just I do couldn't you, believe it. Do you think it was technology or just a bad doctor or a <laughs> miracle, a last second miracle? <laughs> no, last second just disappeared. <laughs> I mean, sometimes like they might say it's a girl and it's a boy. 
But rarely did they say it's a boy and it's a girl. I don't know what they took a picture of, but <laughs> it wasn't a boy. I don't know. That's funny because when we were born, my mom knew she was having twins, but the doctor said up till birth, no, you're not having twins. Oh, get out. No, and then we and we did. We, she did. And we did. And we were, <laughs> and we were there. Oh, yeah. really? So anyway. Gosh. She must have been enormous been and been like, why am I so big then? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Because you're a big person. <laughs> <laughs> Call me fat. No, no, no. No, tall, I'm just kidding. Tall. I'm totally you're joking. You're a tall person. Oh yeah, I'm totally joking. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, that was such a gift from God. I just, I was, again, I just couldn't believe it. I could not believe he gave me a girl. Mm-hmm. It was so awesome. It is awesome. Hmm. Is to keep going? Oh is my it? goodness! I mean, how, what time is it? I oh no, we're not even worried about time. End at eight. Um. So. Oh yeah. Well, we are then. Uh, no. <laughs> so you have this baby girl. So this baby girl. And you guys are still in Missoula. Missoula. Yeah. And so how how because at some point you guys get here. Yeah. So did you come from Missoula to to Ohio? Okay. Yeah. So Scott, he probably told that part of the story, but he's getting antsy, wants to preach, whatever. So we start thinking it's time for us to move. And did you have any more children in this time span? No. So I end up going through infertility. It was a thing. It's called secondary infertility. We had, like Scott's family, um, his mom had all three of them right in a row. Mm -hmm. And Scott really wanted to do that also. And I mean, I didn't have Peyton until I was almost 30. So we were like, Mm -hmm. okay, yeah, we -hmm. want, we better just start popping these babies out. Right. And I couldn't get pregnant. I couldn't get pregnant. Finally, I go um, to a specialist and he says, you have a one to 3% chance of ever conceiving again. Really? And imagine if someone says like, you have a one to 3% chance of living. I mean, you pretty Uh, much are like, okay, that's basically impossible. Right. And um, so we started pursuing adoption, and that's when we moved here. We're moving here in the midst of, do we do infertility? Do we do adoption? And kind of in that limbo, Peyton was two and a half when we moved here. Mm -hmm. So we get here, we get settled, and I started seeing an infertility specialist, and I got pregnant after about a year, probably about. um, I got pregnant and couldn't believe it. Finally, I was going to have a baby, and... Um, got to 18 weeks, went to the appointment and they couldn't find the heartbeat. Mm. Mm. And I remember just being devastated. And I won't go into that whole story. It's another long story, but so I delivered her and a week later, someone from Missoula calls and says, I know that you're in the midst of, you know, a lot of heartache. You had a stillbirth. Oh. Mm-hmm. Mm. And they said, I know that you're, you're hurting, but we know somebody who's having a baby in two months, wondering if you're interested. Oh, my goodness. We're like, yeah. Yeah. No need to pray about it. We've been praying about this. Yes, we're interested. So Alexa, the baby I gave birth to, was that was in the middle of October. This is the beginning of November. And by Thanksgiving, we were connected with the birth mom, and she had chosen us as the parents. Wow. And um, she was 41 when she had him. The birth dad was 47. And neither had had children. Um, they weren't planning on staying together. Mm. And so that was the decision that they made. And um, for sake of time, I won't get into all the details, but um, he, when he was born, um, he was born a month early. Mm. So um, just before Christmas, he was born. And we named him Zachariah, which means God remembers. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. And not only did God remember him, but God remembered us. And his birth mom became a Christian through the mm-hmm. whole thing. She started going to the church that we used to be at in Missoula, became friends with the friends we had. Oh, wow. And they That's... would, my friends would see her at church all the time. Wow. Um, we keep in contact a little bit. A couple mm-hmm. times a year, I send her pictures. Um, her mom just died about two weeks ago, and she showed me a bulletin board that was on her mom's wall, and there's mm. all these pictures of Zach that I've no sent way. through the years. Aww. They were so proud of Zach and wow. so proud to watch him grow, and <laughs> it felt like such... I've never felt uncomfortable with that. Um, mm. She gave us a wonderful gift, like an amazing gift to her detriment. She mm. loved Zach, and she, but she wanted a home for him with a mom and a dad, and it was of great sacrifice to her. So I've always wanted her to see him. Right. I've always wanted her to know how he's growing and thriving. I just sent her a video of him um, snowboarding and mm-hmm. doing a full 360, and I'm like, look at him go. You know, oh. I mean, not that I'm always in contact, but a little bit. I just mm-hmm. want her to see him thriving. Yeah. Um, so we get him, and we're like, wow. Like, we got a boy, and we got a girl. <laughs> Do we? Are we done? Do we want any more? I don't know. We don't feel quite <laughs> settled, but do we want to do this whole adoption thing again? It's such a humongous thing. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, I was pregnant. Oh. <laughs> I mean, just all, I was just, I'm going, am I pregnant? Took a test. I'm pregnant. Not one issue with the pregnancy. Not any extra doctor visits. Nothing. Wow. Everything was smooth. Not an ounce of trouble. And don't you just wonder, I mean, it talks in the Bible how God opens and closes wombs. I know what you're Mm going to say right now. (laughs) You're like, he wanted Zach Mm -hmm. in our family. Yep. Mm -hmm. And he opened our hearts to want to have, like this, it was just an amazing thing how he orchestrated the fact that all three kids are ours and how he orchestrated opening and closing wombs. And people would be like, you just need to relax. That's what happened. Oh. You, you started to relax. I'm like, it's nothing to do with Listen, relaxing. Listen, never tell a woman to relax. Yeah, that's right, Melissa. Oh. Why don't, don't you relax? Oh, Keith. What about... What did he say? It's okay. He said, why don't you just relax? <laughs> that's the worst thing you can say to a woman. What just about... Oh, I know. Like, it's your it'll fault? Be fine. Yeah. What about... It'll be fine. Oh. Is that okay to say? <laughs> no. No. Okay. If you just pray more. Heather hates it when I say that. It's your fault. You don't believe enough. Yeah, you don't have enough faith. <laughs> you don't have enough faith. That's why I got that too. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Isn't it so funny how every single story, and, and it's common sense. I mean, it's we all know this, but you look back and it all makes more sense. Yes. In <laughs> hindsight. But the time is super it's horrible. painful. And right, yeah. and right now we'll probably still have trials. And then when we're... 20 years from now, we'll be like, oh, well, that's why that happened. And if you can only approach all your trials that way and be like, I know what's happening for a reason. I mean, sometimes you can, but it's pretty weird, huh? That's a good wrap up right there. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. I want to tell a a story of you, but you'll have to help me tell it because I don't quite remember what we were smelling. But this is a picture of Joe. (laughs) So it was, um, we were, it was the new church. And we were cleaning, we were wiping, I think we were wiping down trash cans. And we weren't sure there was something on one of the trash cans and we weren't sure what one was. 
And you were looking really close at it. And I'm like, well, I'll just smell it. Like the fact that you were willing to look so close at whatever it was, because it was brown. <laughs> it ended up being chocolate, I'm pretty sure. Oh, it wasn't. But sure. like you, that you were just so like, A, they're washing trash cans. And because I'm sure there's other glamorous things you could have been doing. But B, just so willing to be like, let's find out what this is together. And that's just like a picture of Jill. Like she's just willing to just get in there with you and just get dirty. I think it's the same thing Scott loves about you is what I, I get it, yeah. is what I'm saying. Yeah. You're not afraid. And, and even with each story you told, we hear so often how people make vows or how they carry things. And, and not to say that you're this perfect human being that's never struggled, but I wouldn't fault you for having some kind of phobia or something or mm. some kind of remnant of all that you've been through and yet knowing you you're just you just you're just love walking around yeah, with legs that's like the perfect word <laughs> yeah love you're just walking love. around with legs yeah. well let me just yeah. i hope that i haven't acted like i have no issues no 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 we're not no like every you're night not. i'm like is he still alive <laughs> i mean almost a lot of nights i'm worried scott's died on the on the bed like I'm, I'm like he is still breathing right i'm afraid of him dying yes so yeah and we all that have is a fear i have right so we all have our she fears felt like she had to like i have a lot of issues listen here's the thing you didn't have to say that because you've been through a lot yes so you've You've dealt with a lot, right? You know what I mean, and so yeah, we know there's got to be shrapnel from. But stuff, but the but... but the fact that you haven't become bitter or so consumed mm. with, yeah. you know, the pain of your past, you just have continued to surrender to the Lord. Mm. Is what I'm saying. Not that you're perfect, Joe. Well, yeah. Well, but, and like you and I talk about all the time, like Melissa and I and a couple other friends talk about what we want to be like when we're 80, mm -hmm. and. Isn't that it? Like, it's it like, I don't want to be a bitter person or a angry person. Like, I want these days to be cultivating in me what I hope to be when I'm 80. Mm -hmm. And if I'm not trying to do that now, I'm not going to become what I'm wishing I'll be then. Exactly. But yeah, it's, it takes a lot of effort and mm -hmm. focus and dependence and... Like Jesus, yeah. he depended on yeah, I, I his think, father. I think I'm going to forever remember you on the playground with that verse card. Because mm. mm -hmm. that sounds like the image of your life. Mm. Like, Fear not, for I am with you. Yeah, it's like that yeah. That describes every one of mm. those moments. No matter how messy they were, mm. there was... Jesus taught you the most important thing at the very beginning. Mm -hmm. for every moment yeah that's really good he did too bad yeah. i didn't think of that ahead of time i would have just weaved well, that that's right what keith, through that's what we have keith for exactly keith next time us. i have to do something like this i'm gonna weave that right through <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's a good no, that's one good. yeah, yeah that's it's really a profound good. visual it is yeah. and that's been a verse i've held on to all my life have you you've thought I of have. it oh how about that i go back to that all the time yeah so there's your title okay what's the title <laughs> um, I thought it was saved in a station wagon, but oh, that's got to be think the there's title. A lot of options, actually. <laughs> we need to do it lighthearted. Right? Saved in a station wagon yeah. club. Saved in a station wagon. Need to get yeah. Lou Fister to design a T-shirt for that. Oh my gosh, I would love that. I'd wear it so proudly, Lou. When you listen, yes. this yes. would be good because we'll have millions of people hitting us up that have been saved in station wagon. Yes. <laughs> We're going to start a club. Let's sell some, some merch, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
They're like, your recreated merch sucks, but this station <laughs> wagon, <laughs> see, <laughs> it's hot. Oh my gosh. It's hot, baby. Oh, with a trucker, Lou, with a trucker has, hat too. Yeah, yeah. Lou has a way of making things that sell. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like she, she has a way of doing she it. Does. I don't know. Yeah, she just whips it out like without effort. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. It's oh. amazing. It's Thanks, Lou, for the merch already. Right. Yeah, Make her in advance. <laughs> we know what's coming. Well, we don't want to shut you down without. Is there anything that you wanted to share? That we uh, skimmed or skipped. Yeah, was that the end? I think my what I hope came across is how much God's word has um, strengthened me through everything. Mm-hmm. Like he's given me verse after verse after verse that has given me what I need. And I don't know if that came across strongly enough. But oh, I for no, sure because I, I mean, okay, good. for me, the thing I'm taking away is like, I, as you were saying, you know, he gave me the word and I forgot and he gave me the word and he gave me the word. And he's yeah. so gracious to keep doing that. But like, yeah, at some point, if he's given you a word, stand on his promise, like do it. Yeah. I mean, and that's kind of what I mean that's, for myself. That's, that's the topic what, too. It's yeah. And it's so funny that it all tied together. Yeah. Like his it word is. does not return void. Yeah. So his promises just, are for now. Yes. yes. Believe them. Take yes. them. They're always yay and never nay. Yeah. 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 They're for us. And, and what a release to quit asking for something so that, and when you said you just like, you already knew it was coming. So you quit, or even with Ann Graham lots, she quit praying for it, quit asking for it, quit fasting for it. Like just receive it. The Lord and gave just you start thinking. Yes. And just That's start like the thinking. epitome of faith. And and mm. actually letting God just take control of everything. Yes. Like, yeah. I can't control it. Yeah. Yes. We try. Yeah. That's yeah. pretty cool. Well, thanks. <gasps> yeah, yeah well, thanks thank you. Thanks for wanting to hear my story. It was story. wonderful. It was It'll fun. be a good movie when I sell this. I <laughs> 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 oh, love it. Thanks, sister-in-law. <laughs> thanks, brother-in-law. <laughs> This has been Recreated Podcast, and we really appreciate you being on uh, on the show with us and paying attention and listen. If you want more information, we have a website, www.recreated.life, L-I-F-E at the end. And you can go there, and we have other podcasts available. We would certainly love to hear from you. There's an email contact form thing. <laughs> You can fill out of your... Or email us at friends at recreated.life. Or that right there. Yeah. So uh, Recreated is all about uh, your story, our story, everybody's story that uh, meets Jesus and walks and suffers and learns what it's like to uh, receive his mercy for their life. So if you have a story, we'd love to hear it. Please contact us. And until next time, next week, I think, mm-hmm. uh, have a good week. Yep. And don't forget Jesus. Yep. <laughs> <laughs>